1: Legends are true. Overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of WICDONALD'S! The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece WICD nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful! Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every
2: week only at WICDONALD'S! Ba da ba ba ba! Go!
3: I participate in
1: McDonald's for limited time while supplies last. Hello everybody. We have Davis back from Shredding the Gnar in Colorado, and Pat has been deep in the lab analyzing this year's crop of rookies. Got a ton of ADP movement to discuss with Anthony Richardson, Rashad White, and yes, even Sky Moore, rocketing up draft boards. We'll break it all down here on this beautiful Friday of NFL Combine Week. Welcome to Chasing Crane. I mean, ADP Chasing.
3: Pat Fryer Helmo.
2: <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm hot. Anita hand, hand job. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha Play Chase. <laughs> are you heat. kidding me? Are <laughs> you so You can't handle the
3: heat. It looks like we're finally at this point here, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> hey everybody. Um how are we doing? um doing good
3: Excited to have man. uh
1: davis joining us davis how was uh your time out in colorado
3: uh i mean it was amazing skiing is is it was a little bit harder than i remembered i hadn't done it since i was young like 14 or 15 so it was a little bit more difficult than i remembered a lot of a lot of i just you're so beat at the end of the day you know like i think if you're good it's not that much of a taxing experience but when you're yeah. bad and you're basically using your entire body just to stay upright going down the mountain. It, uh, it gets, it gets difficult.
2: Yeah, I, I, that's exactly where I'm. I'm going skiing next weekend and kind of got back into it a little bit last year after not really doing it much since high school. Um, and Brittany learned. So we're kind of like, I'm actually like, it's a kind of nice that she's learning. Cause I'm like, i basically not that far ahead. Yeah. We uh, can,
3: we can do some greens, babe. We can, yeah, let's out. do some green. You want to do a green?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel the same good.
1: way. Like I, I ski a lot, but I'm always overly ambitious on ski trips. And by like day three, I'm just like, why did we plan five days of skiing in a row? I, my legs just <laughs> can't, can't <laughs> handle this anymore. Um, it's, it's a grind. Uh, and you
3: don't, exhausting. you don't stretch. and like, you just, your brain is not processing it. Like you're doing like when I'm going to go golf or skateboarding or go to the gym or whatever, right. You know, I'm going to stretch, I'm going to hydrate. I'm going to do what I need to do, but skiing, you're like, Oh, I'm just hanging out with my bros. And then all of a sudden you're going cold and you're at the top of a mountain and you're like, I got to yeah. get to the bottom here, you know? And it's, yeah, it's kind and of usually backwards. like
1: having, having a couple beers too and like doing extreme physical exhaustion when you probably shouldn't be, <laughs> shouldn't be drinking Correct. on top of that. Um, yeah. It's a funny, funny sport. Um, you guys been following the, uh, the NFL combine, news at all um i know there's been like a lot of coach interviews and stuff this week um curious if if anything has really jumped out i know we haven't really seen the like the skill position players do much of the combine yet so yeah curious if if you guys have any takeaways from the interviews or anything so far
3: i mean i couldn't be following it any closer i don't think
2: <laughs> <'cause> i'm not <laughs> it that close with the you know i will be following extremely close once we get the wide receivers tight ends yeah i, I don't
3: care about i don't care about the edge rushing uh 40 times or anything other than for like wagering purposes but i mean yeah. the, the number one takeaway for me is i i literally will not draft the dallas cowboy like i just i'm not doing it like everything mike mccarthy says is dumber than the last thing he said like the <sighs> idea that he and Kellen Moore wanted to part ways because Kellen Moore wanted to score points. Wanted to score scoring like, points. Mike McCarthy's like, you know, Kellen scoring points, officially moving the ball down the field. That's hey, not really that vibe. really
2: hurt our defense, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool it.
1: I love so, when he thought of that insult. He thought it was like so smart. And he said it's like, I'm going to criticize this guy for wanting to score points. Like, this guy's this is- trying to light up the scoreboard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Total idiot.
3: He doesn't. He that doesn't get so what dumb. we do here. This is not Cowboys football.
2: Well oh my god. That's it. I mean, obviously I completely agree. McCarthy's a, a stone cold moron, but I also just drafted a big board team and I stacked up the Cowboys. Cause I feel like the the ADPs are like fairly palatable for everybody. I got CeeDee Lamb in the second. I went Jonathan Taylor, then CeeDee Lamb out of the one eleven. Um Dak, you can get I think I got him at the seven eleven, um, which isn't like see, an that, amazing. To me, that
3: that no, I think that feels rich for Dak.
2: I don't think it's that rich, given that he can generate a spike week because the defense isn't going to be as good. So there will be volume weeks; just they won't be.
1: It, uh, my choice,
2: but they'll happen. It's in the context of the other QB ADPs.
1: That's the thing insane. is my, right. My, too, my yeah. brain,
3: my brain is not fully translated to the mm-hmm. new. Yeah, reality. it's like Trevor
2: Lawrence in the fourth versus Prescott.
1: For context, like Deshaun Watson, who was the worst quarterback in the league last year, goes like two picks after Dak.
3: Do you so. okay? Let's let's stare into our let's stare into our crystal ball. Close your eyes, you know. We're we're imagining ourselves. We're, we're, I feel like we're, I'm
2: talking to Kitchen.
3: We're we're we we're, we're in August. Korae's trying to defend his title. We're all just, you know, we're sick. We want it, we wanna win the two million <laughs> dollars. Karain. I just want 0.05 Coran's.
1: That's all I want. We just
3: we just we just want to get we want to get to we wanna to get to point five of Korain's, right?
2: I can't keep my eyes closed this long.
3: It's uh, <laughs> do we do we think that win the more casuals than the true sick fucks who are who are drafting right now? Do we think Trevor Lawrence is going to go in the fourth? Do we think no. that Mahomes like like we're going to see a, a sliding scale of these guys almost for sure, right?
2: I think these ADP's are bad personally. I just don't I'm like I don't see how like yeah, it's fine like the you you'll probably do okay in advance rates and stuff, but I just you're trying to win three straight uncorrelated tournaments and then finish first out of a huge field in the final week, not having a second-round skill player seems like a disadvantage to do that, especially if there's upside at the quarterback position later, and I think there is.
3: Well, my sense is that it's probably being driven by the uncertainty. This is probably going to be the most like, – this has got to be the most uncertain quarterback offseason in, in my adult life. I mean, maybe 50% of teams in the league are going to have a new quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I don't know. My take on it is like I think for sure the Herbert-Lawrence – like even burrow types will slide, but I'm not actually sure that like Allen Mahomes hurts will slide all too much. Like one, I just think like the casuals drafting will, you know, they are going to see like those names be like best quarterback in the league. Like I want Mahomes, Josh Allen on my team. And number two, like while I do think some of the quarterbacks later have upside to get to like 20 points per game, like Allen Mahomes have been like consistently doing what? 25, plus points per game over the last like several years and like i think it's pretty predictable at this point they'll do it again it's hard for me to see like the ceiling of someone getting getting
2: to that Um, no they won't but you only need it for one week like you need to get through to week 17 and then get a spike week from someone else and then you've got if you get that spike week you're now like a massive favorite over those elite quarterback teams because they paid one two turn prices like you're getting a player at the one two turn on top of you know like the two v two versus you get a spike week from a dude in round 10
3: like you get any, a player in, any, in the
2: second round versus their 10th
3: in any given week let's say jalen hurts is minus minus 200 to score more fantasy points than kenny pickett right does that sound right minus 200 ish 70 ish
2: yeah, and I mean, I would put it a lot yeah. higher for him to for him to have a spike week. I think he's more than well, for him. Well, what, what
3: I'm saying, what I'm saying is minus two hundred favorites lose all the time. Is, yeah, is yeah, Basically, yeah. is basically the point. Yeah, yeah but, but
2: I mean, not, in defense uh, of the Hertz drafter, the the odds that he has like a meaningful spike week are, are better than minus two hundred. Um, oh, but still, well, yes. I think you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like there's a reason in DFS. I'm not
1: huge into it. You guys know it better than me, but there's a reason people pay up for the top price quarterbacks in DFS. Like,
3: it's actually kind of it's actually kind of the, so. Yes, you do pay up for the top price quarterbacks a lot, but a lot of the time, like analysis of like top one percent finishes, millimaker maker finishes, yeah. it actually tends to be your Trubisky's, your Daniel Jones. Your it's it's like those are the type of guys that actually end up having like a really high top 1% finish rate, like cheaper quarterbacks with a little bit of rushing. This
2: is what I'm saying. Like your your odds, like if you're playing in a DraftKings-style best ball tournament where you're making looking to make a 12-team field in the final, in the final round is only 12 teams, I would be much more open to these prices at quarterback. But if you're looking at a big final week, it's not that any one of these late-round quarterbacks is particularly likely to spike. If you get that spike, it's massive leverage off. I mean, at these prices, it's it's just massive.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think I think you guys are making good points. I I'm still a little bit more open to it than I think you guys are, just because I think the probability of a Josh Allen Mahomes hurt spike week that just massively separates from the field um, is is pretty likely and like somewhat fairly baked into those prices, and also the fact that like I don't know in, in these tournaments you need you probably need like two or maybe even three of your stacks to go off over that like three week span. So like, you know, you just need Allen to really separate in one of those three weeks, like 15, 16 or 17 to carry you. And then maybe, you know, have a cheaper guide week 17 that
3: in, is... in these contests specifically, isn't that worse though in, in the big board and these really early ones, I feel like it's worse because the, the, there's so much uncertainty with the stacking, right? Like obviously if you get it right, but like, who, what are the what is the Bills wide receiver room going to look like in six months? What is the Chiefs wide receiver yeah. ro- like those like yeah. the Chiefs wide receiver situation? I mean, it's like who like who literally who knows like they could cut MBS like they the Juju is going to be on a different team like there's so many and and I mean Sam I think you're right like I think a Mahomes stack if I got to choose like that would probably be I'd probably do Hurt stack would be like the number one thing I'd want in a theoretical Week 17 but a Mahomes mm-hmm. would probably be number two. But, I mean, it could be, like, they're just, like, literally I have no idea who is going to be catching passes for Mahomes next year. Like, they're going to look so different, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and kind of the on the flip side of that, I brought this up last week, you can go Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and Tua, who's got an ADP of 96. So now I actually have a legit stack that if it goes off, I've got the entire passing offense, most likely.
3: With, with like, know. a... A ceiling,
2: with a huge ceiling, yeah. and a quarterback that can come along for a big old spike week in it We know he can. Is he more risky than the top? Guys you, do of you take He's do you take
3: Jacob do you take Jacoby Brissett on that team or or, uh, <laughs> no, or Skyler so. Thompson or Tag? I don't even with twenty it's, rounds. It's, but... it's it's Teddy it's Teddy Bridgewater. It's Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> oh night? God,
1: he'll get injured by the first quarter. Um <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, I think the QB stuff is interesting. I, I'm I'm definitely. Like I want to keep monitoring it this off and especially if the prices don't change. Like I think at some point you got to ask yourself: Are you willing to just have zero Chiefs, Bills, Eagles stacks throughout the whole year if the prices? You really can build do Eagle stacks
2: though. Like this is a thing you want to talk about the DFF DFS comparisons. Like in DFS, you can often go with a stack of a team and then a cheaper quarterback. To save salary. So you can do that with the Eagles. You can go AJ sure. Brown and Dallas Goddard. You could tack on a Kenny Gainwell or whatever. And you've got the Eagles. Now, if the Eagles go go off and it's through the air, you might be able to be okay at quarterback, especially, you know, if you were able to go down and find an Anthony Richardson or something. He gives you a spike week. We'll get to him later. Um, but there's other guys, you know, there's there's other dudes who I think are very palatable that can at least have a, a shot of keeping you in contention. And then it's not that you need that quarterback to to outscore Hertz when the Eagles go off. So you need to keep you close enough so that your second round pick can I, help you get there.
3: I think Pat is making the best point, which is that the easiest spot to make points up at in a final is going to be at quarterback, right? Like if you have yeah. the if you have the wide receiver, like if you just got to choose, I, I want to choose the highest scoring running back, highest scoring wide receiver, highest scoring tight end, highest scoring quarterback. I guess you'd probably actually take the highest scoring tight end because the the, You probably would, yeah. The the floor at tight end is so low, but wide receiver would probably be two. You'd probably say I'd take the highest scoring quarterback would be last if you got to if you got to choose. It would be because even I mean, we literally had this, Pat. You had Brady and Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones went off. And it it actually it almost actually hurt you that they both that they both
2: it actually hurt me because Mike Evans scored too many points. So that was a concern. I would have been I still needed Godwin and DJ Moore to do stuff, but like Brady made my final lineup, but I would have won with Daniel Jones as well because he had such a good game.
3: Correct. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um yeah, they'll be I think this this quarterback debate is gonna go on through the whole season. Let's uh get into. I guess just to. Can I yeah, put yeah.
2: a on? I don't think that your advance rates will be bad by drafting these quarterbacks. I think they'll probably be pretty good. We don't care what about
3: advance rates, bro. We're chasing career. Yeah, I was about I, to make I, the Liam I...
2: argument that, like, what if Josh Allen is the best
1: pick because he has a really low advance rate and then smashes you, you in could, the finals? You and could make you. that.
3: <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he could be the Mike Evans, maybe. No, I think (laughs) that argument is bad at quarterback, though. I think that argument is really good at tight end. I think that's the best one where you could be like, I literally do not care how many points my second tight end in Best Ball Mania 4 scores for the entirety of the season if he gets 18 in Week 17. That's the Albert O argument, basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I knew... I just think no, I, I didn't know. think Alberto would make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: less not than twenty that minutes into later. the
2: show, I'm not.
3: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not letting <laughs> uh, it die. I mean,
2: fourteen si- fifty. Alberto's uh, first uh, mention. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable.
3: I mean, 50, fifteen minutes into this show, we have hit the core of the mental illness of baseball, which is that so many of your decisions are going to end up not mattering. Like so much right. of so much of we're yeah. going to spend so much time thinking about it. We're going to do all these shows. We're going to do all these drafts. And so much of it is going to be randomness in terms of the group that you draft against the pods, you get put in, in the playoffs, you know, when a guy twists his ankle, when he doesn't twist his ankle. And basically literally all that matters is generating the most amount of points in week seven. I mean, we did, we did this. uh, I did this thought experiment um, last year at the end of the season, which is took all the highest scoring players at the position in every round one through 18 in underdog. And we did the math and we figured out that that team would not have advanced. That team would have been way below the cutoff line of (laughs) what would have advanced. So like you literally had the optimal lineup for underdog scoring in week 18, and it would not have generated enough points to advance there. Basically. Oh my God.
2: It wouldn't have advanced. When would it have gotten knocked out? Did you
3: probably, I mean, it was, it was like, it was something like 200 or 300 points worse than that, the, the median advancing score.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Well like last like year um the guy who won the regular season king king cap he's his best team got eliminated in the first round. In the first the round. Like points. that like
3: yeah. that it's it's like sickening like right it's yeah. Just, yeah. you know we, yeah. you just have to which is actually I think an argument for correlating even more like the the weak sets yes. like yeah. the the best ball mockers, you know, they were like, Oh, all that matters is week 17. You didn't draft Josh Jacobs, bro. Have fun staying poor. And Josh Jacobs was like on none of the finals teams. I I think Josh Jacobs, I, I off the top of my head, I think he scored 28 half PPR points, the three playoff weeks, I believe.
1: But the thing with that is that's so random is just like you, you take the 17 weeks and you like put it into a randomizer and it could be that Josh Jacobs, like, Best weeks come in 15, 16, and yeah, 17. Of and he has really, right? Like, there's there's no, like, I think there's almost like no real lesson from that. You, like, you can make the argument maybe like rookies get better at the end, you know, veterans tail off. I kind of buy that. But with Josh Jacobs, I think that was just pure randomness. Like, he's, it 20, was total 20, randomness. Old, yeah. Right. No, like,
3: <laughs> it was 100%. It was 100% random. But the lesson actually yeah. is, is that having the quote unquote league winner is actually bad. You actually, like, having 50% yeah. jo- like let's say last well, year, Justin Jefferson jo- was the
2: playoff winner and then he did nothing in the final, which is one of the reasons that Austin Eckler going off for my team was so massive. Cause not only Cause
3: you couldn't ha- you couldn't have both of them. Really. You couldn't
2: have both. So it was direct leverage off of Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, that's obviously pure randomness as well, but no, no, but, but that while.
3: actually, that's actually instructive. That's actually a way to think about drafting, right? So if, There are two players whose combinatorial ownership is, is either low or impossible. Mm -hmm. You should start thinking about, okay, if Justin Jefferson and Austin Eckler is an impossible team, when I take, or when I'm, or, or, or if it's a possible team and I'm wanting leverage off that decision. So like when I take Jonathan Taylor over Bijan and let's say Bijan goes to the Cardinals. Right. So then on Jonathan Taylor teams, maybe you're more likely to take Rondo Moore. Right. Or right, maybe right, you're more right. likely to take Kyler or or whoever, you know. And that, I mean, that is like literally like ninth layer, like probably too much <laughs> to even be like. It's like probably too much to even be thinking about. That's when it's like,
2: uh, is this sharp or insane?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough at math to know. Honestly. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it's hard to tell. But um, I, I do
3: think
2: the your point about the correlation being maybe un- still underappreciated. Still, I, I agree still with underappreciated. that. underappreciated. As, as someone who won with a highly correlated lineup, surprise uh, surprised no one that I do agree with that. But uh, I, I, the way I would put it is like it's not that like being correlated is necessarily going to guarantee anything for you. Far from it. But if you were if you're like significantly better than the rest of the field, your odds of making a Best Ball Mania final the way they had it last year is like You do well to get there once every five years. Sam's super sharp, so he got two in this year somehow. But you do well just to get one in every five years. When you get it, when that happens, and your number's called, you want a lineup that's got a legit shot, that's actually like you can see the path. Like, okay, like if this game goes off and if this game goes off, now we're talking. I mean, I I do really feel strongly that you don't just want to get there and it's like a bunch of dudes and you're like, if I hit you know, a a 10-leg parlay, I'm in. Especially when the final now is,
1: well, we'll see how they structure it this year. But last year was 470 people in the final. Like you need correlation, which I'm totally on board with that whole take. Like I'm caring about stacking, I think even more this year than last year. Like if I'm in the ninth round and I took Justin Fields and, you know, Darnell Mooney is still 20 picks ahead of ADP, but like I have a chance at missing with the next pick. I'm probably just going to take him. Cause like when it comes to week 17, I don't want a naked Justin Fields in the final. And maybe that's a bad example with Justin Fields because they're rushing, but you get my point. Well, no, but I like, especially, I
2: actually think it's a good example because it's like so far down that, like, yeah, it's like, who cares? This could be inefficient. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you spent $4 instead of $3. You blew it. Like, not really. You know what I mean? If you're thinking about in auction terms, like, maybe that's always,
3: that's always been how I've tr- like, after like round 10, like, I took a bunch of, um, Jalen Tolbert last year who I I think maybe ended up didn't even record a catch but like I I would <laughs> I would probably <laughs> I'd probably I'd probably, probably do that too. I'd probably I'd probably do that same thing again like third round wide receiver of an offense I like and I t- had a lot of the quarterback I I mean and I you know ended up being like one of the worst prices but like who cares you know
2: Yeah. Yeah, the price made it a little tougher but like yeah I had Thornton on mine um and he didn't really do anything and then he got a touchdown in the Well, lineup. he had
3: a, he had a, he probably made your, for sure. I bet he made your lineup the week he scored two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, that one week. He had like two week, two usable weeks, I think, all year. He almost As had was,
1: a second touchdown in week 17 because I had him on one of my teams. In the oh, finals, I was, yeah, I know. I was tilting that
0: hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware <laughs> he
1: almost had that touchdown. <laughs> that would have brought me from uh, 198th to like 176. So, um, would have been huge for me. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's, let's get to these ADPs. First guy I want to talk about that jumps out here. Anthony Richardson, um, and for people following along on audio, we're now looking at the largest ADP risers from the past week, Um, the top 10 biggest ADP risers since February 24th. Anthony Richardson is the biggest, I think, for the second week in a row. He jumped up about 25 spots last week in ADP. He, again, is up another 25 spots and now sits at 170 in terms of ADP. I think this is largely driven by betting market movements where his odds of going number one overall have uh, greatly increased in the past couple of days. Just a lot more buzz that uh, the NFL media scout types are really buying into him as like a legit prospect, um, reducing the odds of us getting into like a Malik Willis type situation. So I think that's what is driving this. But yeah, curious, uh, starting with you, Davis, um, what do you think of this price for Anthony Richardson at 170 overall for for contacts and other QBs? Uh, that puts him at QB 26 behind Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, CJ Stroud, but ahead of guys like Sam Howell, Mac Jones, uh, Jimmy G, uh, those types.
3: So I guess the uh, the issue I have with Anthony Richardson is I'm pretty confident he's not going to play um, as, as a rookie. I, I think this is – now, is he – the, the 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 name he's getting compared to a lot is Malik Willis. He's not Malik Willis, right? Malik Willis played at Liberty, Anthony Richardson played at Florida, um a, a lot of different levels of competition. I think Richardson is is a way he's better. He's way
2: younger too, right?
3: Yes, he's younger. He was a more Bigger. efficient bigger yeah yeah the the thing that's going around right now is how much bigger this dude is than bryce young he's like he like he like looks like a linebacker and bryce young looks like someone's personal assistant who happens to be in the combine or something um but i i think that actually probably the best comp for me is going to be trey lance yeah he's trey lance Lance. yeah that's where where the team i mean you know Like we had our opportunity, like there was an opportunity for Trey Lance to play. and He did play as a rookie unless it, it absolutely was needed. And I, I, I could just, I, we all, I already know that this is going to happen. Some teams going to trade up. They're going to select Anthony Richardson. You know, they're going to, Oh, we traded a 2024 first round pick. And, you know, and it's, I don't know, you know, we signed, we signed Ryan Tannehill as our veteran quarterback. We signed Carson Wentz as our veteran quarterback, whatever. And that vet is going to play like 11 games and people, like me, are going to be like, why wouldn't you just play Anthony Richardson? Let him learn on the job, and he's just not going to play, and, and yeah. it's going to be frustrating.
2: I think it's so it, that's definitely in play, and I think it's even in play that he gets the full Lance treatment, where we like never really see him because he lands on you know a team that that feels confident enough. Like maybe if he goes to the Lions, you know, and they're like making a playoff push, they would just straight up not play him. But I think that what happened to Lance was you know, a fairly low end outcome for him in terms of the range of outcomes to not play as the number three overall pick. I think he could have kind of a Lamar Jackson type of uh, introduction, mm-hmm. type of rookie year where he comes in maybe halfway through the season. I can't remember when he took over for Flacco, but I feel like it was around midseason, um, and certainly played a lot more than Lance did. And so to me, the bet with Richardson has been, I'm getting this guy for the fantasy playoffs. I, I just need him to be playing in weeks 15, 16, and 17, um, and he's he's a spike week generator for me. I think that we're now nearing a point where that's starting to be like not the best bet in the world because you're starting to have to pay. Like I did just draft him in, in the 14th round today. I'm doing that. Yeah, that's like you're not. There's now some downside. Like if he if he doesn't play until the very end of the season, you might have a lot of trouble advancing that team without uh you know but I, but that was a three quarterback build and actually but i did i did prescott watson and richardson so i'm clearly like richardson you can take the season off and show up for me in week 17 and we're good but i think at this price you kind of have to think about it a little bit more but but i still think he's worth drafting especially if you don't have a bunch i've got like 73 right now so uh yeah i, I, can, I can pass occasionally I
1: definitely see. I see both uh, both sides of the argument here. I, I did want to just quickly show this to to make the point that I definitely think there are scenarios where he doesn't play this year. But there are just so many teams with like absolutely nothing at quarterback that if you're projecting Anthony Richardson to not start games this year, then you quickly have to start projecting like Kyle Trask, Jared Sittum, Sam Darnold matt corral like you gotta you gotta project someone like that to start games if richardson is not starting like you know atlanta carolina houston colts las vegas
3: well what about i mean i think the most likely spot that i see that i am hearing smoke on is seattle but seattle would just give gino smith a one-year contract for a lot of money because their cap situation is fine you give gino one year i mean they could give him like one year 35 million and just have him and because they're you know they're not gonna win the Super Bowl they don't care uh so yeah
1: no thats, that's, that's not I, I think
3: sure. that yeah yeah i think a spot what that scenario is
2: that is, that's not a lance scenario though that's like uh is that a is that a picket scenario where we get that's a that's, quickly, a that's a, that picket,
3: a that's a a picket scenario but where the the quarterback in place is is uh, uh you know above a trubisky level right, right. where it's like it's not right. painful to watch him. is play. it Ritter
2: is it does it take as long as Ritter to to pass Mariota, that type of thing no ritter i
3: think was ritter, so, would ritter, be ritter was so bad so yeah. well
2: ritter's so bad right but gino's yeah. better than Mariota,
1: i think <sighs> i think the i think the lions and the seahawks seem like the two downside scenarios and then like i'm having a hard time imagining another one where he doesn't play right away like if he goes to the colts i think he's probably their week one starter oh yeah mm, do they have don't, you can't
3: no i can't i can't co-sign with that because you can never put the colts out of figuring out like to, like just finding the dustiest guy to come play quarterback for them we're we're in we're well, in don't they they already have him. Him.
2: His, his name's matt ryan i think he's I under think, contract still
1: i think
3: he's gonna think he's gonna retire retire i think okay. matt ryan is gonna yeah. retire
1: yeah anyways i think at the price of 170 i think he's gonna continue
2: to rise um
3: the other thing, for I'm sure gonna rise i think yeah. so
1: too
2: where, to rise. where are you where are you guys kind of feeling queasy and probably passing more often than not i guess davis are you already there
3: this this just feels like I guess the issue is 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 the way I would have treated Richardson would have been the way I would have treated rookie or Trey Lance, which is I preferred to take Lance in three quarterback builds. Yeah. But it feels it feel well, I guess it feels like the three quarterback build is so bad because you are probably sacrificing absolute ceiling in terms of you're not taking Alexander Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, but then, so so then you make your round 20 pick, the guys we just talked about, right? Uh, a Ritter, a Trask, uh, you know, whoever, like just a guy who might get eight starts.
2: Yeah, but you can also go like to uh, Stafford and Richardson. And then it's like, just get me there too and Stafford and Richardson, get me over the top. Give me that week yeah. 17 spike week.
1: The opportunity cost at other positions, once you get to pick 170, I'd say is also really low. Like wide receivers, you're looking at like, Adam Thielen, they're gone, yeah. John Mechie, MVS, like running back, you're looking at some of the dart throw rookies, and then like, I don't know, Jarek McKinnon, Samaj Piron. So like maybe there's some opportunity cost there, but I wouldn't be queasy, Pat, to your question, until he gets to like if he got like above Stroud or like above the Stafford car types, like guys that are more guaranteed to start um throughout the year, I would start to get queasy there. But he's still going very much in a range with like He's going next to Love, Howell, Jimmy G, like guys that have their own uncertainty about whether they're yeah. going to start themselves. So it's like at that price, like give me the up, give me the upside guy. Like if
2: I'm not sure they're going to start, who's uh, who's more likely to start in Week 17? Just Week 17. Who's more likely to start? Anthony Richardson or Trey Lance? Lance. I'd say Richardson. I think it's Richardson, but we but you I know you're a purdy guy. You so guys, that-
3: everyone, everyone has has uh, has abandoned. Our boy, you know, it's like it's like you face a yeah, little bit of yeah, including
2: including his head coach <laughs> did you, did you see and his GM. Did you see John Lynch? Yeah,
3: That's the <laughs> problem. This, this, this quote, the this video going around today of the Seinfeld, like when you ask someone about their relationship, the far, the higher up on your head they touch, and 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 uh, Lynch literally his hand is on top of his head. It's like, but I I actually think this is this is the ultimate bailout scenario. Lance I know Lance is not on our our board here but this is the the absolute ultimate bailout for him because they still it's March 3rd they still have not done this surgery on Brock Purdy because the swelling is so bad and I've done some reading because obviously I'm very invested in this Trey Lance scenario as an owner of him in a lot of $50 dynasty leagues (laughs) and uh I think I think he's going to get bailed out cuz I think what's going to happen is they're going to the inflation's the inflammation's going to go down and they're going to go in there and do the surgery and they're going to be like we just got to give this dude full Tommy John cuz right now all the surgeons I mean this is very inside baseball but all the surgeons are basically like there's this hybrid procedure that they've developed for football players because it doesn't need to be as extensive because they don't need to be at 100% max effort the way a baseball pitcher needs to be so there's like a slightly different way they can do it for football players to get them back up to speed faster. But if it's like all the way torn or the damage is worse than they thought, they're just going to have to do regular Tommy John. And regular Tommy John, I mean, see you later, kid. You're you're, yeah, out, you're yeah. out for a year minimum. And even then, Purdy's still going to kind of be behind because it's March. The season starts in under 200 days. He's not going to be ready for training camp. Lance is going to get all the first team reps. And
2: of course, yeah, of course
3: garoppolo garoppolo's gone right great shanahan said it garoppolo said it there's no more there's not a reunion there's not another one-year deal he's out because jimmy actually has a chance to make some real money this offseason right um so i just i just think yeah
1: that's fair and
3: i I mean and i'm betting on lance right i'm i'm saying purdy maybe is ready in week four but i'm saying the the 49ers are four and oh and lance has been playing well up until that point basically
2: well, I was—I've been kind of fudding Lance here, but I was talking to Eric Bimefor, who uh, obviously did not like my fud. He was saying, "Why don't you pair Lance and Richardson?" You know, because then you're kind of—I'm—I kind of like that. I like the idea of like you get your rushing quarterback who's got a little uncertainty at the end of the season, maybe, maybe you know, not as much as I'm saying, uh, especially if Purdy's going to out for sure. But a little uncertainty, and then you get the guy who the whole play is Week 17, also a rushing quarterback archetype. Uh, and then maybe you hit the nuts, and you get both live for for spike weeks in week seventeen.
3: That's the that's the best argument for it is that you could have you could have two guys you could you could draft two quarterbacks who rush for sixteen hundred yards combined or whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, in the chat, Target Hog says Purdy is a waste of a pick even in round twenty. I'm actually kind of on board with this, even though yeah, I, I have been pro Purdy <laughs> in the past. Like, I think if we get good news on Purdy's health, um, I think we'll like kind of know like somewhat this offseason if he has a chance of playing this year and i mean we we
3: should we should literally know within days
1: yeah we'll know if he has a chance so yeah maybe if we got good news i'm okay taking him right now it doesn't seem worth it i guess my thing is like okay we get the bad news for purdy he's basically out for the year the 49ers are going to be in the market for like the baker stidham uh mid tier of veteran quarterbacks i think for sure yeah and i still think there's like Man, it was one game. It was a monsoon, but Lance was so bad against the Bears week one that people were already talking about. Hey,
2: Jimmy, like he's going to. We're lose not a allowed to talk about place. that because it rained too hard, Sam. Yeah, I'm Once sorry. Once it rains not- hard, you can't you can't evaluate people anymore.
1: We're not allowed Trey to talk Lance, about
3: it. Trey Lance is still 22 years old. He's still 22,
1: and he's played like two games in the last seven years or something. Don't don't fact check me on that, but T- um, it's the
3: last it's the last four years he's played he's played three he's played three and a half games if you count. His college put together an exhibition game for him in the COVID year. When Lance, year so when that, Lance gets so benched for, uh,
1: for Baker Mayfield in Week Eleven, I am have just <laughs> one of the best victory laughs of all time on Twitter. Oh uh, my God. I mean, it's
3: very it's very possible. Where, where does Baker where does Baker go in these?
1: Oh God, no! I don't think he gets drafted. Uh, he, Baker he can't, Baker is he, he ba- drafted.
3: Baker's starting a minimum of six games for maybe three different teams next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, good happens. luck stacking <laughs> them up. <laughs>
1: All right. I think I think the people are probably sick of uh Trey Lance, Trey Lance talk. Yeah, let's let's talk uh Rashid Shaheed. He's another riser, uh, up 12 picks to pick 166 now on underdog. Um, so one thing I want to note. Shahid that is interesting he has the third highest yards per route run of any rookie wide receiver since 2013 only behind Justin Jefferson and Odell Beckham now obviously it's a small sample but I think that type of profile like I think people are starting to come around to how efficient he was his rookie year and that's what's kind of driving him up but um, I'll give it to Ukraine what do you think of Shahid at this price I know you've sort of dug deeper into some of the first read data that, that makes you a little skeptical. of So maybe break down uh, that case for him there.
2: Yeah. I was looking at first read data um, this past year. And one of the things that was interesting is like, generally you want guys, cause like, if you're absolutely dominating uh, in terms of getting first reads, you might see a first read target on like 25% of your routes, <clears throat> but like the the most elite wide receivers in the league they're going to have a, a target per outrun of at least that and and maybe more like 28 percent, 29 percent. so what that tells you is that it's not just like that they're the first read on every play it's not essentially just that you know the play calling is is designed to get them the ball they're also getting open they have a connection with their quarterback on scramble drills or second reads because they're they're getting open consistently what so, therefore, you want guys who are overperforming what you would expect just based on how many first reads they're getting. However, what I was looking at is if you're not getting many first reads at all and all your production is coming through, like, basically not first read targets, and you're kind of a more of a, and you're not maybe seeing the field as much in the first place, that can be like kind of your classic flash in the pan type wide receiver. And that's where Shahid falls. He only has 13% first read target rate. Uh, not, not good. That's like what uh Deshaun Jackson has had over the last couple of years. You know, kind of a classic, like just kind of a pure, more of like it, just a deep threat. Like you, you know, like we kind of know he is. That said, like, I haven't had a problem with him at ADP. You know, yeah. because mm-hmm. there's a chance that he is flashing serious talent that will make the offense th- shift the way that they're calling plays and getting this guy the ball a little bit more. So. I think you just want to be careful as he now you're seeing he's a riser a little bit, you know, maybe just be a bit careful about chasing him with the board. But I mean, a lot of guys who people didn't think were going to be anything, like, of course, they're going to have to overperform relative to what the coaches are calling for them because they the coaches don't, you know, they're, they're behind the curve on realizing that this guy's a, a real talent. So I just think he's got like a very low floor, but also does have some ceiling. So I don't mind where he's going.
3: It's, it seems like an, a pretty appropriate price, especially because of the changing landscape of like the, the you know the avalanche, right? Like in terms of once you've already been buried by the avalanche, uh, you know, Rashid Shahid is not, you know, a bad Saint Bernard with a thing of whiskey hanging around. It's it's next <laughs> I guess my my concern would be twofold, which the first would be was Shahid just being used last year because the situation was so desperate in new Orleans it's like everyone's hurt everyone's bad Jarvis Landry is useless Michael Thomas is useless Alvin Kamara can't get any first downs like you know Andy Dalton's playing terrible and Jameis has a fractured back and you know we're having to use Taysom as an actual tight end because we're just simply running out of bodies that that would be a concern like I believe that Shaheed owns the skill set of you know, big plays, like he can make stuff happen. He's exciting. But like I also believe that like Dexter McCluster owned that skill set too. And he did a couple of exciting things in the NFL. And then his teams wouldn't use I believe that McCall Hardman owns that skill set. Yeah. And he's like done nothing to be useful for fantasy. So and probably the largest concern is I just think the Saints are going to be bad. Like I just think they're going to be pretty bad on offense. Um so it's like how are you how are you correlating him? Are you drafting are you, like what, What's cars? one way right to correlate now?
2: him You draft Taysom Hill, who's kind of your backstop at tight end right now. What? Where do they? Oh, where, what's
3: Tays? What's what is Taysom? Is he tight end only?
2: Yeah, he's tight end eligible again.
3: Oh my! Well, I mean that's <laughs> what, that's what he's that's what he's listed at. He had more. T- I believe he had more. No, that's. I was gonna say he had more targets and pass attempts last year, but I don't. Think there was, was a. There
1: I think there, there was a Taysom Hill to Rashid Jaheed like sixty yard touchdown pass. Uh, there this was past that year. is
3: that is that is correct. I mean, I mean Taysom. It's
2: right there, guys. It's right there.
1: It's right in front of us. All right, yeah, you got to take Taysom I, I Hill have, round fourteen.
2: I
3: have
1: oh,
2: not
3: as a thought, bit I correlated. Thought you, <laughs> I thought you guys I, were gonna tell me he was like a round ten pick. We're we're doing the we're running the Taysom thing back again. He's
1: pick one forty four, so I guess end of the twelfth round.
2: Easy, I'm, fully I'm fully in. I'm fully in on Taysom, and it's a position that completely dries up outside of the rookies. You know, he's go It's like, do you want Taysom Hill or Gerald Everett, who probably doesn't have a team? Gerald Everett's only going like twenty picks after. So, I don't know. And I, I not is a bit. I've correlated Taysom Hill and Chris Olave several times. Oh man,
1: I, I, think, I tried I think so hard to avoid talking about Taysom Hill on the show. I didn't realize Rashid Jude was a gateway. Well, drug because to also.
3: Isn't don't shouldn't we put Jameis in the same category of a guy's probably going to be on a different team next year? Like he's going to be one of these veterans because because the Saints are going to sign Derek Carr and that's going to be too much money for them at quarterback. And Andy Dalton will probably be on a different team, too. So Taysom will probably be back to being the backup quarterback. Yeah. And
2: they can't get rid of him. They have to pay him so much money and and there's
3: so so much much money
1: yeah J- Jameis is a tricky one because he only gets if they cut him it's 11 million dead money and only 4 million in cap savings so i would kind of bet he's back there as at least the backup um,
3: doesn't Jameis want to start though like J- like James is going to look at kyle trask starting somewhere or desmond ritter starting somewhere and be like come on dude Let it's a real out. shame
2: yeah. that kyle trask is starting for the buccaneers are like the only team who wouldn't bring in Jameis.
3: <laughs> maybe they would though honestly maybe they would I mean if a team uh, yeah, yeah maybe a team
2: would trade for him, but
1: I because don't know.
3: Arians a- <laughs> Arians is gone. It's I think it was a it was an Arians Jameis personality type thing.
2: Yeah, and I guess Left is gone too. So maybe although Arian is Arians gone? Because he seems to be running the team. He he's always given quotes about it. Seems what like
1: he once did. Brady retired, Arians like came back out of his shadow and yeah. started yeah. uh being more visible again. Um yeah, I don't know. Um but overall with Shahida, I kind of agree. Pat, I'm monitoring. If he continues to rise, I start to get a little worried. But at its cost, he's still, again, like without knowing the landing spots for a lot of these rookies and like a lot of free agent question marks, like Shahid at 166, you're picking him over guys that are are basically there's no opportunity cost at that range of the draft. Yeah. Really, it's it's super flat. So I think it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, a guy we should talk about here. Um, I attempted to redact him from the chart, but. Sky Moore uh, has been a riser for a top ten riser for the second week in a row. He's up nine spots now to pick 145 uh, overall. Uh, Davis, as the the resident Chiefs fan, um, what do you think of this price for Sky Moore? I know there's sort of a ton of flux in, in KC's pass core
3: yeah, right now. It's mental, hard to project. This is, but. This is mental illness. Um, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> i i get it i get it's like so like juju is probably not going to be on the team right juju will probably be playing for someone else hardman probably is going to be playing for someone else it's like it's like very much out there in the water that this is a horrible wide receiver reagent class so anyone with like jacoby myers might get a hundred million dollar contract this offseason yeah, he really might he yeah, yeah. So That that's like kind of what we're looking at and hardman i think even more than smith schuster and honestly even more than myers he can his agent can at least say i own one thing that no one else on your roster has which is i'm just unbelievably fast i'm so i'm so much faster than anyone else you have on your roster and my uh this is my uh why is that brian windhorse thing but the team that basically has a world record like i don't think anyone else has ever had 137 million dollars of cap space in one off season before that team's general manager happened to be the director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs when they drafted McColl Hardman. Uh, I don't know, hundred spots ahead of consensus out of, out of Georgia. And who is it? What team is this? The Chicago Bears. Ryan yeah, okay, Ryan Poles. Okay, yeah.
2: And they, um, I mean, they've been throwing stuff at the wall at wide receiver. Uh, yeah, you know, they, the, the second round pick,
3: pick for, for Chase Claypool. The the argument against them signing Hardman is that they basically already have Hardman in Darnell Mooney. I don't know how much that matters. Kind of.
2: Yeah, but Mooney is on the last year of his rookie deal, isn't he? So, I mean, and, and Mooney, I, wanna
3: I don't think... I want to I say he's got two more years.
2: No disrespect to Donald Mooney, but I don't think he's a reason to not make any other decisions.
3: Yeah, I mean, just basically... He's yeah, a fine,
2: solid receiver. He's fine. The, this is his last the
3: Chiefs, year of this the, the Chiefs are going to get priced out of... Honestly, I think they're going to get priced out of both Smith-Schuster and hardman because i think people are the people are the teams are just gonna be so hungry for wide receivers you know and and to be honest coraine i think this is kind of a shitty wide receiver class too like
2: i don't know if it's shitty but i don't think it's very deep
3: there's like six guys who i think are pretty good
2: yeah yeah i don't think it's like it's not gonna save anything i think it's Mm -hmm. a solid it's an okay class.
3: I don't. I don't think there's a Garrett Wilson or an Alave or a. a J- I think certainly I think there's, JSN
2: there's, might be. I think JSN has a chance to be for sure. Uh, we got
3: it. He's not. Yeah. He's not running. So we got to see. I know he's not running. That's that. a little
2: concerning <laughs> for that's sure. Little, he's doing yeah. everything else though. He's just not going to run for some reason. That
3: see that <laughs> for some reason I'm we're more, trying to figure I'm,
2: out why he's not. They, nah, I'm. I'm more slow. concerned. <laughs>
3: I'm more concerned that he's like, sure, I'll bench press and do the three cone, but I'm not (laughs) going to bench press. I'll do the bench press twice if you want. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, that is, that is, um, that is sort of like, I mean, I think he's probably fine. It's just like he's a weird, I mean, I know this is not prospect chasing, but he's sort of a weird prospect in that it's really, it comes down to about four games. He had like four absolutely unreal uh, games, uh, stretch of games, and then he never played again.
1: And most of them were when Olave. And, and or Wilson were at his biggest games were when both of them or one of them was out. Not wow. that you should take that away from him. Like he put up 300 yards, but neither of those. Yeah. I, really mean,
2: <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. That's still like crazy, crazy impressive, you know? And oh, yeah, was it's a true, ins- a true, it's insanely a true sophomore when he did that ba- back to more though. So Davis you, was your point that
1: with all those guys leaving, that makes you more excited about sky? Like, I mean,
3: no, I'm no, so excited. My, my point excited. My point is that I get, I get you what get the, the market rust. is. I get what the market yeah. is seeing. My issue is that I just think he might not be good. Like we're like I just—he definitely
2: can't might be not be good. But if we knew he was good, he'd be going like in the seventh round. Yeah, yeah, he's
3: he's going to be the new Hardman, right? Except for like like he's I the new Hardman. Hard- yeah, he's the new Hardman.
2: That, that's yeah. exactly who he is. But I mean, you know, Tony's going at pick eighty-seven. So I don't hate Sky Moore at pick 145. Like that's I me. Mean, I mean, I'm not like Tony. Like that's that's a pretty big opportunity cost there to take Tony, who also has not been able to show that he's uh, going to get on the field for a full time role.
3: Yeah, like if yeah, you were to hand, yeah. if you were to handicap Tony versus Sky Moore fantasy points next year, you would not make it a very big gap.
2: Yeah, the gap in ADP is bigger than the gap you would make. But- yeah but if you were gonna make it like which
1: odds of having like a relevant fantasy season then i think you do make it a big gap like i think there's lots of scenarios where they both suck and more just is better than tony because tony like retires to pursue his rap career (laughs) or something but (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's true that is one way that's that more wins is that he still sucks (laughs) yeah the thing is like i don't know at least when tony's on the field he looks really good i'm not he does look really good when he's on the field sky i don't think we can say that
3: about the the exact opposite is true they they keep they 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 would run that stupid jet suite play with sky and every time every time the angle would be there and he would never take it he would just run in he would immediately run into a linebacker it was the most frustrating thing
2: yeah but but He strategically lines up wrong to get touchdowns. So you gotta give him that. That, Dude, how
3: amazing how amazing is that story that he basically swaps places with Tony to get a touchdown in the Super Bowl? And then we're like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, ah, I guess we gotta run the play. Is that is that Sky? I don't wanna throw it to him.
2: (laughs) I don't think he can I don't think he can cut and then cut again. I don't (laughs) think he's able to do it. Okay, let's try. (laughs) Oh god. Some other oh, yeah, other thing. stuff on Sky, like if
1: you, <laughs> I did sort of analysis of, of rookie wide receivers in the past 10 years, and if you just look at percentile ranks for Sky, uh, once you filter for guys that played at least six games and ran at least 180 routes, so this filters out like the guys that don't play at all. Sky was 28th percentile in yards per game, 28th percentile in PPR points per game, 51 percentile in yards per route run, so okay, and the one bright spot is he was 78th percentile in targets per route run, so if you're going to make the bull case for him, it's that when he was on the field, he was being targeted at like a decent, but but certainly not like elite rate. But
2: nine um, percent first three targets per route. So it's all kind of like glad, you're he just you're happy he was out there, but they clearly weren't looking for him. So the the story of they weren't even playing this guy is extended to they also weren't calling plays to get him involved, even though he was targeted at a high rate, which maybe speaks to his ability to kind of find a soft spot in his zone or whatever. But I would say this is about where you want to probably
3: if if this is what he, if this is what he costs in June and July, like load me up. I'm not going to be able to help myself.
2: Okay. Yeah. I think this is fine, but like I would be as someone who has previously spiked his ADP in the past, I would say if he gets kind of anywhere near he was last year, it's, it's not maybe that I wouldn't take any, but I would be, you know, I would be cautious with that for
1: sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with taking him now because I th- I think like you're probably right, Davis. That like the Chiefs don't make the splashy wide receiver move in the free agent market that people are kind of expecting. they're I think just that... they're, they're
3: gonna it's gonna be a trade. It'll have to be yeah. A
1: trade. But I think it's not gonna be someone super exciting. So I, I think Sky will rise a little bit because like you're probably gonna have to project him for something because their wide receiver room will probably look pretty wide open by the start of next year. Yeah, I'm Yeah, guessing closing line value like. That would be a strong argument to draft him now, right? Yeah, but I'm like, I'm saying that, but I don't want like I'm not chasing him much higher than this right now. I I don't know. I'm okay with this price, but if this was 120, I'm I'm out. I'm out.
3: What if the Chiefs trade for Keenan Allen or Keenan Allen gets cut by the Chargers to save some money and he ends up being a Chief?
2: That would crush Sky. I mean, Sky's got to be in the slot. Yeah,
3: that that's the that's the uh, Chiefs fan that that's the drum beat right now the
1: thing is you don't even the thing with sky is like you just need like justin watson to be resigned and that's terrible for his belt like no it that, doesn't doesn't to- that doesn't matter that doesn't
2: matter because he's an i mean justin watson's an outside deep threat dude justin i also watson played I, a I, lot I, more snaps than sky this year i know but I think, they basically play different positions i think okay that I,
1: that's fair but i'm saying like that's the let like the equivalent of justin watson that's a slot receiver could be ahead of sky more for sure I'm saying like yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I mean if they resign Juju, I, you know, that's he's done. So yeah. I don't
3: I don't think that's happening. I just I just it feels like it feels like Juju was so bad honestly down the stretch and I think he showed enough to get a multi-year contract and I don't think the Chiefs want to give him a multi-year contract. It sounds like why they didn't get him last year and he went back to Pittsburgh was again Kansas City didn't want to give him a multi-year contract mm-hmm. cuz I think they're they want to keep their options open, right? Because Kelsey's it could be any day. Kelsey is not going to yeah. be good anymore. And then it's going to be time for them to really do something um aggressive.
2: I'm surprised the the fan fiction for the Chiefs isn't that they trade cheaply for DeAndre Hopkins.
3: He makes a lot of money and it's not a mm. one year deal. It's like it's like he's gonna be thirty-two and I think his deal runs for three more seasons, maybe with one year that you can get out, but it basically yeah. becomes like, why would we trade for DeAndre Hopkins and we simply could have just kept Tyreek Hill?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I think right. it makes no sense. Like From their team-building philosophy, it would be so inconsistent to trade Tyreek and bring in... Because I think I the, the- the Hopkins and get- Kelsey's skill sets overlap, I think, a decent bit too, right? They do, but
2: I wonder if that's almost appealing because because Kelsey's getting so up there in age and you'd have you'd have Hopkins yeah, for a couple sure. years. I don't know. It's a fan Fair fiction enough. story, but I think the reason for it would be you'd have to pay way less for Hopkins than the... Dolphins paid sure. you for Hill.
1: Yeah, you got all of those extra picks to take guys like Sky Moore. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can burn
2: extra picks on. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, let's talk. Let's talk Rashad White. That's enough Sky Moore talk. Uh, he is a riser. Pretty obvious why uh, Leonard Fournette got released. I think that was maybe kind of already baked into their prices that Fournette was unlikely to return to the Bucks. But Rashad White now broke uh, into the top 180p at pick 98. Um, curious Crane. What do you think of Rashad White as, as someone who was really in on him uh, as a prospect last year and we're hammering him? Are you are you back on the Rashad White train at
2: this price, or what are you thinking? I think he's solid here. You know, you're the issue with Rashad White is that he was really bad as a rusher as a rookie, and so I think that Fournette, like Fournette, being there wasn't necessarily like that bad because you're yeah. kind of like they're going to probably draft somebody now and they'll probably draft somebody cheaply, but there's lots of guys who I think are pretty interesting as fourth and fifth round picks in this class. So it's not, and there's also lots of guys in this class who look like kind of one, a backs that would pair nicely with Rashad white. as kind of a receiving compliment.
3: What is going to say? Lots of guys who are like, I don't know if he'll ever have 120 carries in a season, but I'm pretty interested to see what he can do as a pass catching style guy.
2: Well, there's guys like that, like Spears, but there's also guys that are kind of the flip, like Tank Bixby and, um, you know, like dudes like that, like Charbonnet, uh, who- Yeah, I was going to say,
3: Charbonnet is like the most 1985, he would have been like a first round pick then, you know?
2: Yeah, totally. So there's, yeah, there's guys who are like, lots of guys who are, I mean, outside of like Bijan, right? No one's like complete in that way. Even Jamar Gibbs, who I like a lot, is more kind of tilted towards receiving- But if you can bring in a guy who's going to be more of an early down hammer and there's lots to choose from, then Rashad White's going to look mostly, you know, like a rotational kind of receiving specialist type of dude. And he was poor enough as a rusher that I don't know that he would like be able to cobble together kind of a Camara type of role. He might be just not seeing a ton of snaps, you know, maybe he's like a true committee back. Um, And so. That being, I think a fairly likely outcome, even with Fournette yeah. gone, I think he he belongs in kind of that you know ninth, tenth round range. If he's moving up into, you know, the the seventh he, or the eighth, it's you a know what tougher.
3: vibe? You know what vibe I get here? I get big Zach Moss, Devin Singletary vibes out of mm. Rashad Rashad yeah. White, and then who whoever else who whoever ends up being the grinder that he splits work with. The the issue being. Um, The touchdowns aren't stolen by Josh Allen. The touchdowns just don't exist. They don't exist in the first (laughs) place. Kyle Trask is your quarterback. (laughs) Because, like, there's a very real scenario where... They're going to be so bad. Like, maybe maybe the Buccaneers say, we don't want to be bad, and, and, you know, let's bring in... I, I don't know. You know, bring Jameis back, bring Derek Carr in, bring Jimmy Garoppolo in, whoever, and we keep Godwin and Evans, and we do one more run with these old guys. That's good for Rashad White. But what would be bad would be, we got Kyle Trask and Tanner McKee. You know, Tanner McKee is this year's Bailey Zappi or whatever. And then we have, you know, uh, it's it's Russell Gage, uh, Scotty Miller. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't they know, trade Kendall. Mike Evans. Yeah, yeah. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a cowboy. Chris Godwin is a chief. That's the one that's really interesting. Oh Godwin, man, is Godwin to the Chiefs? That's my mental fan fiction. Is Godwin <laughs> ends up being? Is Godwin ends up being a chief? Like that is just a scenario where, uh, you know, he just sent Remember that year three years ago when the the Dolphins were awful, and it was like Kalen Balage and.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. It's like it's just it was it's a, was all... it the year
2: before Gaskin, right? It was the year before they used yes, Gaskin. The year yeah. but the
3: year before Gaskin. It, it just it was just it was just bad. And like that's the vibes I get here, where it's like, sure, maybe he does grind out two hundred and twenty touches, but he gets you like a spike week over that time frame. I mean But Singletary if...
2: the, the comp you made of Singletary Moss, Singletary was one of the bigger hits that year. You know, so I think if you can get him in kind of the the very end of the single digits like the round nine, 10 area, then I think it's a bet worth making. It's just that if the market decides white is going to, this is going to be white's backfield um, or he's going to be the clear one, a to whoever they bring in, then I think you're, you're definitely taking on some downside risk.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And, I don't know. I'm pretty bearish on like the talent from what we saw last year with Rashad White. Um, like, I think everyone almost unanimously unanimously agrees that Lenny is like dust and was terrible. But like, it's actually kind of hard to find stats that Rashad White was better than Lenny in. He had worse PFF passing or receiving grades. He had worse PFF rushing grades. He had lower yards per route run than Lenny. Basically, the only thing that he seemed to be better in was like pass blocking um so which was supposed have,
3: to be lenny's calling card right
1: yeah so it, it, like you know you look at his receiving grade on, on pff amongst running backs and rashad white was ninth out of 60 backs which looks pretty good yeah so that's that, that's why
2: th- it's a bit unfair to say oh he's worse than lenny therefore he sucked
1: like he was nine Like no, but he was the, the, the point i'm making is that it looks bad when you see lenny at fifth because because i'm thinking like and i haven't done the analysis of this like do Tom Brady running backs just like consistently get good receiving grades yes, on PFF? Yes, like that—that that wouldn't shock me. So I'm saying like, I, I think there is some of that in PFF grades where they try to strip out the team element. But I think some of that team he, he element. He rated, like... he rated
2: okay and um, above average in ESPN's uh, receiving score uh, for running backs. Um, his yards per outrun were behind Lenny, but they were good. So as a receiver, I think he kind of he you know he wasn't electric, but he was kind of del- mostly delivered yeah. on the promise that he would be you know ca- carve out that kind of role at the nfl and i feel but, confident yeah. that he'll have that role as a sophomore now that lenny's gone but it's the to me it's the rushing numbers which were really poor and yeah do you want the i don't know like again like
1: people also will look at the, the raw stats and they'll see whoa like if you take leonard fournette's targets and give white half of those and he's gonna get like 90 catches it's like Tampa Bay had the most pass attempts in like per game by a lot. I think it was like 45 per game that is going to regress like very heavily as is the percentage of those attempts that are going to go to running backs. Like Tom Brady has historically just propped up running backs in the passing game. Right. So like, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, if they, if it looks like he's the clear one in this offense, I'm okay with, with this price and okay with it getting a little bit higher, but I think I'm actually kind of like mostly fading him here. Cause I think, people will start to project out the box and it's going to look really ugly. And I think they are likely to bring in someone else here at running back that
2: will make this a committee. So what are the um, chances that they have a legit quarterback? Cause if it's Trask, I mean, it's just, it's they're, You're gonna be able to write off this whole offense. I think with Trask,
3: there's um, gotta be a semi reasonable chance that they get a veteran quarterback. There are, there are almost more quarterbacks than teams available this upcoming year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything linking like Carr or Rogers Me to neither. them, so that means they're in like the Garoppolo, Brissett, Stidham, Minshew. I would not events. mind
2: Garoppolo if I have Rashad
1: shot. Yeah,
3: Garopp- Garoppolo. I mean, Garoppolo to me actually feels like the Colts guy. Now that now that I've been thinking about this for an hour, Garoppolo feels like if they don't get Carr, Garoppolo <laughs> yeah, feels. You're right. I, so you're I right. Like, you are
2: going to bring in Garoppolo, and Garoppolo uh, once again will stop the quarterback who we're we'll all hyped no, They'll take play. it.
3: They'll take Anthony Richardson. They'll be eleven and six, and and be the seventh <laughs> seed in the AFC, and then we'll just we'll, we'll never hear from <laughs> Anthony. We'll never hear from Anthony Richardson. Let's light all
2: my best ball teams on fire once again from Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Yeah,
3: God. I mean, that's that's beautiful. That's what I want. I I don't I I want Trey Lance to play because as of right now, I don't think anyone gets to claim a victory on Trey Lance either way. I don't think the people who thought he sucked always get to take a, a victory, and I don't think you, the people like me who are like you got to just give this kid a season, like I I and I think he's good. Like I don't get to, I don't. I, it's it's there's no resolution, right?
2: There's yeah. no resolution. There, there's also,
3: what no one no one's thrown this out there yet what if the packers decide okay we'll trade rogers but we don't want to suck we don't think we we get to watch jordan love every single day he's terrible what why aren't the pack why aren't the packers in the market for a veteran quarterback for less than Rodgers would cost them
2: i don't know that's a good question i mean i would be because
3: their roster is other they have no pass catchers but their offensive line and their defense they are it's like it's like all expensive right
1: yeah I don't know why they have it. I think it's just like, I think the the GM wants to be right that Jordan Love was a reasonable pick. Was, and was is going right. to at least get a chance to show that that's true. Like, I think they, I think I've seen enough positive buzz on Love, like, in practice and how they view him that they, I think they're at least going to, like, give him a chance and not bring in some veteran that really threatens his ability to start that that's just me like postulating
3: they they I bring in Carson the they bring they bring in Carson Wentz as the break glass in case of emergency <laughs> that's, that's the, the worst type of, Wentz emergency.
1: Gonna be. The type of emergency where you need Carson Wentz holy shit
3: I mean oh, you guys man. think I'm joking but Carson Wentz is going to start six games for some team this year
2: you're probably right yeah. he'll probably go to the Saints and start there yeah. Speaking of just disgusting names
1: like Carson Wentz, uh, this chart here, uh, looking at the largest ADP fallers of the last week, is just absolutely disgusting. Uh, names that nobody wants to talk about in March, like Zach Ertz, uh, Hayden Hurst. Why Tyler were Zach Ertz and Hayden Hurst ever going where they that's, were? Zone. That's
3: the thing. Uh, I did a show with Liam yesterday, and he informed me that people were taking Zach Ertz. And I'm like, this is a 30. 30- Three-year-old, 34-year-old guy coming off a torn ACL, like enough. Like whose
2: stop. quarterback is coming off a torn ACL who just drafted a tight end to replace him, who will soon replace him? Like, I, yeah. I can't. Why are you taking him at all? <laughs> why are we drafting him?
1: There's no reason, there's no reason for it. Um, I mean, like, how these rankings actually work, not to get too into the weeds, but I imagine someone Underdog before there's like ADP just has to like put in their rankings, and that's the original ADP. So everything's anchored off that, and like I don't blame them too much because like if I put together a rankings of one through two hundred fifty, like I'm gonna put some dog shit value in there that shouldn't be drafted. Like you can't get you can't get all what of a this defense.
2: right. <laughs> what a defense of the
1: ranks! <laughs> but I like, would do some
2: dog shit stuff too.
1: I would, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. You're gonna you're gonna miss on something. I, I would have put Purdy at like one one hundred ten or something. I would have I would Yeah, really no, that. we know. Um, but anyways, uh, I think that's what happened. Just the Earth's default rank was just just egregious no no shots at whoever did that at underdog Uh, we love you um (laughs) anyways let's let's not talk about zacker it's it's not even worth it uh one guy did want to talk through here was um chase brown am i right about that is that the the running back chase brown um he's fallen two weeks in a row now uh to pick 233 we don't need to like have a huge discussion about him but I'm just curious. Like, I don't think there's any reason for it. Is that just another thing where the, the default ranking on him was off, or like, are we? There's less just no. There's no. Or...
3: There's no buzz on him. A lot no of these buzz. other guys are. There's a lot of these okay. other guys are getting buzz. Like, like what is what is Deuce Vaughn's ADP? He's getting. Right. He's getting. He's getting buzz right now. All where, the. Where are you the, at on
2: him, Davis? Because I, dude, I love could not watching could not him, love, but
3: yeah, could not love him anymore. It's like, if, but if, he's like if, 176 if, pounds. But this is the thing. It only With a guy like that, I mean, you know this as well as I do, it only takes one coach to see something in him, right? Yeah. And be like, I want to play him. Now, if he becomes a guy, he's like, okay, he's a fifth-round pick. You know, kind of has a spads the the biggest issue with him, and I think this is what's probably going to keep him from ever being a guy we can use in fantasy consistently, is that he's so small that he is just going to get blown up yeah. past blocking. He, is he just yeah. – he's just not going to be able – and and he didn't get he didn't do a ton of pass blocking either in college because K State just ran so much and they didn't really have like a seven step drop back offense. But he's going to be a guy I take in the third round of every rookie draft, pretty much. Like I just I, I think he we're looks be special. For
2: him. he's fun. He looks yeah. like he looks. It's it's a little bit different than watching Tariq Cohen uh, Woodhead. But Woodhead is who he looks. Woodhead, like. Woodhead, interesting dude. He he makes people miss. From like 10 yards away, where I'm like convinced that the whatever missed tackle force numbers people are charting are like underrating him because of like that you can't count that as a missed tackle when he, like a guy 10 yards away falls down, but it is.
3: He had know. 150 yards in a touchdown against Alabama and it like he's legit.
2: He's he looks awesome. I dude, if he weighs like 181. I'm seriously drafted. Well, the well, he will.
3: He will. The same reason Devin AShane is going to smoke his 40 time. It's like, this is the only thing that matters for yeah, his livelihood. Yeah, yeah. If Devin AShane comes in and runs a four, three, five, he needs to fire everyone in his life. Like he needs to be like my trainer, my agent, you all <laughs> let me down because th- it's like, he's, that's his whole ability in his life to make money.
2: Well, hang on. Cause this is, this is uh, you're actually cratering his stock right now. Cause I thought it was a chain such a better uh, it, name than a shame
3: oh, it, it could be i don't know okay okay yeah all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't come to don't like yeah Gaston, i'm not if it's if it's
2: a shame i'm not i'm i have a true. lot of i have a lot of them and i'm you're actually making me nervous that his name's a shame because <laughs> <laughs> well it
3: just it just looks french it just looks french to me and that's how you would say it if it was french oh chan- yeah
2: chan- i guess yeah. oh boy Actually, back in if it's Oshinay. I, yeah, it's all the way I, I think
3: I think that should be our bit for the rest of the year, even if it is something else. We sh- it should be Devin Oshinay. Devin Oshinay? You guys in on Oshinay, bro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, um, I,
3: another interesting name here for me is, as a result of how bad the wide receiver free agency class is, Matt Collins is going to get the Zay Jones contract for this last year where people are like, oh, What? God. The hell, Zay Jones was a you like Zay Jones was not relevant, did not matter in the world of fantasy football until last season, but because teams teams now know it's not enough to have one elite wide receiver. It's not enough to have two really good wide receivers. If we don't have Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or that's it, really like we gotta have three good guys out there. It's not enough to mm-hmm. have two. And you know the, the years of like getting by with a Demarcus Robinson, or Justin Watson, you know, it's like teams don't really want to be doing that anymore. And Hollins, I think, showed enough last year to make himself some money. I, I think this looks like a who there. I mean, every year there's a guy who goes in the 18th round. you are like, wait, this dude ended up having well. But are you targets. interested?
2: So you're interested in taking Hollins now, like with the hope that that happens? Because there's other guys like DJ Shark, um, Darius Slayton. There's, like, lots of dudes who I Every think... Every
3: coach that Slayton has ends up hating Corey, I think Corey
2: Davis team. is another Corey one. That, Dave, big cut yeah. candidate. I don't yeah. think he's he's a free agent, but... Um,
1: no, he's not a free agent, but very likely to get cut, I think. Yeah. Um, not very likely, but somewhat likely. Um, yeah. No, I think that's... I don't know. I, I've i had way worse last-round picks than Matt Collins, um, and I've been predicting the, the ninth-year breakout with him for a long time. So, um, I think... I think I mean I think it's fine. Um, he's a very last-round pick. He had well, he had a pretty decent number of spike weeks last year. I can remember at least one like very big spike week, and then maybe a couple others where he was playable. Um I, I am kind of thinking that this free agent wide receiver class is so bad that guys like Hall. Hollins have a chance to land in a, a useful spot it, um, it's
3: actually nuts though that 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 we would have the nfl being at an all-time 11 personnel all-time pass rate above expected now average of up the targets going down which is sort of interesting but it, it is just kind of crazy that it worked out this way that not like you know none of these guys and and i guess maybe the larger point is that when teams get that dude they're not changing teams. They just, you're not letting, you're not letting these guys hit the open market.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another, yeah. Another guy I want to talk about here uh, who's like maybe the most fantasy relevant guy on this chart is is Joe Mixon. Um, he's down seven spots. I think this is a combination of things. One, there's been some legal stuff that's been brought up. Um, uncertain about how relevant that is. It, it seems like those charges got dismissed, but, but who knows? Um, also, there's just, talk he's a potential cut candidate the Bengals need to free up some cap space um I think it's it's feasible they end up moving on for him and just draft someone else who's cheaper um but he is he is dropping to a point where I am like I think I'm like ultimately I'm not drafting him now and I'm probably gonna see if he falls a bit farther because I think that risk of him just not being on the Bengals could completely tank his ADP but if he like ends up coming back to the Bengals and we get those signals and his price is still sticking around like the seventies or eighties, like he wasn't great last year, but I would definitely take him there. I think it, it, it smells a little bit of Josh Jacobs last year of just like a, you know, potential, um, three down running back. Even
2: Miles Sanders. Yeah.
1: Even miles. Yeah. Maybe not even Jacobs, but just like a useful guy you can get in the sixth, seventh round probably a two down grinder but we know he like can catch passes he's not great at it but he can um so yeah i'm starting to get interested like if we get news that he'll be back
2: uh, i agree with that take how likely is it that you think he will get cut because let's say the market you know is pricing in him getting cut and you know he get he ends up staying there then i think he's he's a value where he's going because if he's definitely with the Bengals, I would imagine he's more of kind of a classic dead zone type of pick than we than this type of price. But yeah. if you're getting him in the the sixth round and he ends up coming back on the Bengals, I think I think that's probably a pretty solid win. I'm not drafting him a ton, but you're making me think I I should if we think he's gonna come back. Where are you guys land on that?
3: I don't think he's gonna be back because they can save a lot of money. I, I think they can save by by not restructuring. And and just outright cutting him, I think Joe Goodberry said they could save eleven million, mm. which doesn't doesn't sound like a lot. You're like oh eleven million, like the Bengals are fucked. <laughs> Caps like they are. The the Bengals are trying to win a Super Bowl. They're trying to beat the Chiefs and the Bills, and they are about to. I I think the correct estimate on what they're going to end up owing per year for Chase Burrow and T is hundred million dollars between the three of them. Whew. that that's about that's about 40 of the cap on three guys
0: and they yeah. all deserve
3: it and i don't think you can do the Bengals thing with that. like i think you remove t which that, is obviously is that, that would low
2: be, like you might that might yes. actually it might be more than that because you could go it's 50 let's say 50 for burrow
3: and 40 for chase
2: 40 probably
3: now you're already at 90
2: so it's not so, 10 for t
3: so if you are the Bengals for an office, you go 11 million on Joe Mixon. His contract, I think has another year on it. Cause I think they extended him and you go, bro, we got Chris Evans on the roster. Let's take, you know, who? who let's take two guys this year, sign an undrafted free agent and figure it out. And maybe, maybe P Ryan will come back for 2 million instead of 4 million.
1: Yeah. I, I think like, and also if you read the tea leaves on, um, I think the general manager's Duke Tobin, so he was asked about both Higgins and Mixon this week, and his response to Higgins was like, "Fuck off! Like you're not getting our elite wide receiver. Like don't even yeah, talk he, about." Yeah, he, he said.
3: He said, "You you want a wide receiver? Find your own."
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he was asked about Joe Mixon, and he's like, "Mixon is definitely a running back that's currently on our roster." Like that was basically, <laughs> that was more or less his answer about Mixon. So it, it sounded like if you re, if you read into that, it sounds like there's a chance. So ultimately, I think like my take on Mixon is maybe nuanced. Like I'm not taking him now. I think he'll continue to fall a little bit, but like I'm watching closely the news on whether he'll be back. Yeah. And once he is back, I'm going to try to buy quickly before he gets back up. Because like, I think there'll be a bit of a lag where he'll still feel like kind of a gross click to people just because he, he was so bad last year he was like actually kind of phased out in some of the playoff games for P Ryan. So people will be like, uh, oh, mixing just like feels gross. And I think
2: there'll be a bit of a buy window that you can jump on later. Um, that, that's that's my. I, guess. I I like that. I think that's the right plan of attack. And the the thing with Mixon is that, like, while he is, I think, gonna feel gross to select. I'm not gonna enjoy doing it. It's so much different than it was last year. I I basically had a full fade position on him at his ADP, yeah, I which. Too. Which could have really hurt me, though, because he did have a weekly ceiling even last year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. part of the Bengals' offense. It, if he is part of the Bengals' offense again, he's going to have multiple touchdown ceiling pretty easily. He's going to have three touchdowns. Yeah, I think he had the highest ceiling.
1: individual scoring week of any player in all of fantasy last year. Right? There he yeah. had like
2: that. Yeah. I mean, that's the right week. It, it wins you a ton of money. So, yeah, uh, I do think you want to be in on him once once the opportunity cost is much lower if he's on the Bengals' of course. Or if you think he's going to be. Yeah. Let's, um,
1: let's jump to looking at some of uh, the the team stacks um, and then we can can maybe hit on some rookies at the end. I know you guys have been doing a lot of work on rookies, so, so I want to give you a chance there. Um, so for people following along, we're now looking at double stack average ADPs and, and how that is defined is the average of the quarterback's ADP on a team plus his top two pass catchers can be either wide receiver at tight ends. And this chart is sorted um, with the lowest average ADP on the left side. So these are the most expensive teams, Philly, Cincy, Buffalo, KC, all the way to the cheapest teams on the far right side, uh, New England, Carolina, and Houston. Um, so on this chart here, you know, it's kind of what you would expect. Um, not, not a ton of like massive things jump out here, but I think there are, um, a few teams we talked about last week, that like Chicago, um, maybe Green Bay, the the Rams that look potentially underpriced. Um, yeah, Pat, curious if you you have any thoughts um, on this chart here of of teams that that stand out as potentially under overpriced. And also, I don't know what just happened to to
2: Davis, but um, <laughs> hopefully he'll practical. be back. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back. Um, Tennessee is one that jumps out to me. It does seem like. Tannehill will be back that sort of seems to be the way the wind's blowing um and then just in general i think uh are these double stacks i guess it's sort of tough to make a tennessee double stack uh but i like trailing yeah. burks a lot where he's going i think he's a Conquo. i think a Conquo is interesting right Conquo is interesting but yeah. actually one of the reasons i like trailing burks so much is that his biggest target competition right now is a part-time tight end who wasn't all yeah. that highly thought of to begin with so yeah. He, I mean, I thought he looked like he was in the midst of a of a breakout. Um, you know, when he suffered that concussion, it was on that touchdown catch, and then kind of derailed the rest of the season. And in combination with the Malik Willis stuff, so he needs them to keep Tannehill. And there's some real downside risk with him, but I like him. I also am doing stuff. I don't know how your numbers would capture this, but I'm doing stuff where I take DJ Moore, and you know, then I then I tackle maybe even Terrace Marshall. And then I draft like Richardson and Levis, or you know I get a couple of the rookie quarterbacks in a three quarterback build, or just one of them. Um, but maybe in that build, I also have a cult um, or a Texan. I like Nico Collins a lot, where he's going. So the numbers probably aren't. How are you even handling the quarterback? Are you using like just the guys on the roster? You're not doing any rookies there, I assume.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just. This is just like purely looking at what teams underdog has has people assigned to you. So like, if you see that, that sort of band of purple at the top and the far right side, like those are all teams where like nobody, there's not a quarterback on the roster. That's being right. projected to really play like Las Vegas, Tampa Bay, the jets, the saints, et cetera. Like no one is drafting that team's quarterback right now. So yeah, this chart would not handle that, but I'm totally on board with like, I'm doing the same thing too. When I'm taking the rookie quarterbacks, I'm using a tiebreaker at wide receiver to look at like, is this wide receiver on a team that could be taking a rookie quarterback like maybe Alec Pierce is a good example at pick 150. Yep. If I have one yep. of the rookie quarterbacks, I want Pierce instead of Sky Moore because there's a chance I get that yep. I get that stack and I think that's the way to play it right now because this tournament's going to close before we know where those quarterbacks are going, um, at least with like certainty. Um
2: so I think you kind of have to
1: make some make some guesses
2: there yeah. um, at the rookie quarterbacks. And so I um Today, I drafted a team where I went, I had the Dallas stack, as I mentioned, I had a Cleveland stack. And then also, I started the draft with Jonathan Taylor. I tacked on Alec Pierce as kind of just a general Colts bet. But I also took Anthony Richardson, and that was more about just me really liking Anthony Richardson and feeling like it's probably last call on getting him round 14 plus. But there's a chance he's on the Colts. So it's like, you know, you get that extra little, like, actually sort of broke the tie of, am I going to reach for Richardson here in the early 14th or should I push him to try to get him in the 15th? The, the kind of the yeah. tie break for me was I could do this little Colts sort of backdoor thing. Um, so I'm, I am thinking about that type of stuff a lot. Yeah. I, I think it's also, um, and Davis is back from how to, how to power
1: outage Davis. We're now looking at, um, double stack average ADPs, but I, I think what's going to be important to keep in mind here is like, a lot of these teams' prices are being suppressed by just the fact that nobody knows who to stack them with. Like, I think Carolina is a good example where, like, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, like maybe even the running backs probably would be going higher once we have certainty of like who that quarterback is. E- even if it's like not a great quarterback, just like some certainty at quarterback drives the prices up for these teams because people are like, "Oh, the way now the human I
3: brain know. works, man."
1: Yeah, yeah. Like now I know who to stack like Terrace Marshall with. I I can put a name to it. So like. I think these teams with uncertain quarterbacks, there's going to be some anchoring effect later in the year. That like even when once we know their quarterbacks, uh, their skill position players are like being artificially suppressed a little bit now. So I'm I'm kind of like monitoring that a little bit going forward. I think the the Jets is maybe another one where like Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. uh, he'll he'll probably jump a lot just once we have some certainty over the quarterback because someone's going to want to they take Aaron Rodgers, they're going to want to you know stack Elijah Moore with him. So. I'm definitely checking that out, uh, Davis. Any any teams here for you? Um, these are sort of ordered on the left-hand side from most expensive uh, to least expensive. Any teams here that like jump out to you as like too cheap or, or too expensive? Um,
3: I mean, Arizona is the most interesting one because you are acknowledging that you're probably not going to have Kyler for a month, maybe maybe six weeks, and he, maybe he's not even giving you the rushing. But we also we, we all sort of you know we all sort of think that DeAndre Hopkins is probably not going to be on the team they're they're probably entering into a little bit of a rebuild you know they fire Cliff they bring in the new coach like they're just kind of reconfiguring things and it feels like you know Rondale and I don't I guess I don't who else is even going to be the the past market I, I guess right yeah yeah Hollywood Rondale McBride you know McBride uh, yeah, I don't know. It just like and maybe they bring Eno back, you know, because the Eno was. uh I don't think they're bringing it. Eno back. I didn't guess he, I guess he, what he
2: said is to Cliff. So he, maybe, what he said yeah. was
3: to Cliff. Now, I mean, you know, uh Eno ruined Eno ruined his chance of being probably a starting running back this year in yeah. in the NFL because yeah. like, what's the chance what Connor is thirty now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. Gg, uh, yeah, uh, well played to uh, to you Benjamin running his mouth to his coach. <laughs> but Arizona seems interesting. Chicago also seems interesting because yeah. I think the evolution of Fields is that he is like he has to improve as a passer this season um, for them to just continue on on their development. And I think you should assume a little bit of uh you know i think you should assume a little bit of that and and also i mean it seems like adp is not buying Comet. i mean Comet was Comet is like did he lead tight ends and snaps played last year like he is out there all he was the certainly
2: time. up there certainly up there yeah i've never been in on Comet. i think outside of his rookie season i liked him a lot in dynasty but i've just been unimpressed with what he's done as a pro i think he's a, a great value right now he's yeah. definitely gonna be a full-time starter and like there's he's in a range where it's like the last of those guys are going off the board um, or shortly thereafter. Uh, but, you know, even Dulcich, who I like, who go, goes a little after him. We don't know that Dulcich is not going to be in a rotation. We can feel very confident that Komet won't be.
3: I mean the coaching staff, bro, they they the first thing the first thing they said was we don't understand why Albert hasn't been playing all year. He looks pretty good to us.
2: Oh no. Oh, we're doing it again. <laughs> year 2.
3: Year 3. Year 3 on Albert. O, year,
2: well, year 2 of the dulcich Albert O debate.
3: But aren't we but aren't we I mean I, like with is Sean Payton on what date if you had to set the line what date is the first time Sean Payton is going to say, you know, I coach this guy named Jimmy Graham and Greg Dulcich, let me tell you. Like what? Like when's the first from directly from Sean Payton, Jimmy Graham, uh, Greg Dulcich comparison gonna be made? Well, do you think? But what if Dulcich?
2: Yeah, what if Dulcich gets the? Who's getting the comparison? Is it Dulcich? Dulcich will get it.
3: Dulcich is the. Dulcich is the. He is the. I mean, clearly, he must have been Nathaniel Hackett's favorite human being. Like he and he and Nathaniel Hackett probably had like breakfast. Did
2: you see the the greeting? it's on the ship chasing clip. The hair. The hair, look at that hair. He was, I mean, it was a, it was a mortal lock he was playing him. I don't
1: Did have a dog know? in this fight, so I'm hoping they draft like Sam Laporta so I can take the, the third the <laughs> third leg of this I
3: battle. I, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is the other thing is that this is supposed to be like the best tight end class of like the last decade. I, I got to know, have you guys entered into, are you so sick that you know who Thomas Yasmin is?
2: I don't no. actually know who Thomas Yasmin is. Do you know so who Tucker Craft was... is?
3: <laughs> no.
2: Is that different from Tyler
3: okay. Croft? Yeah, I was gonna say, is that are you just mispronouncing Tyler Croft?
2: <laughs> no, I'm not mispronouncing Tyler Croft. I'm referencing a, a D2 tight end who apparently okay. could go day could go day two. People some people like so this, you didn't have to tell me he was a D2 tight
1: end. I could tell from his name, Tucker Croft. This <laughs> this
3: Yasmin fella, so he was college teammates with Thomas Kincaid, or not Thomas Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid, the, the Utah tight end. Right. right. If I told you he had 14 receptions in four seasons in college, how many of those do you think went for a touchdown? Eight. Six. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he, but he, He. like, the thing is, is that he looks like a, a submarine missile or something once he gets the ball. It's, it's insane. And he's, like, he's going to get picked. This is going to be the new Doran Dickerson, uh, Ladarius Green, jason morrow austin safarin <laughs> jenkins type like you know just all like bus
2: so far so far all bus <laughs> this time it's gonna work
3: <laughs> but this time
2: this time it's gonna
1: work
3: just out
2: name some of those prominent bus at tight <laughs> end <laughs> <laughs>
3: well i think the, the 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 very sad thing is that i think it was actually gonna finally work out for ladarius green and then he had to retire cuz he got like three wait was he the, the guy that was
1: like everyone's like know. he's the he's the new antonio gates he's he's coming he in so he was uh, antonio yes, yes.
3: gates's backup and then after his rookie contract he went to the steelers and
2: he was sort got, of like, built more like donald parm or something he was like really long uh,
1: yeah he was, he was, he was like
3: yeah, basketball player type vibe. I remember
2: there was a lot of the because Antonio
1: Gates' career just held on for so long. There were so many like this is the next Antonio Gates. Like they drafted him. He's gonna be, you know, yeah, taking over yeah. him for a couple of years. Well, we've got it, it we've got
3: happened. Donald Parham on the roster who's still waiting to to yeah. be that guy.
2: Ladarius was kind of he was like the original, he was like he was like the Ras score guy before before Rash score. No, Doran
3: Doren Dickerson was before him. I, if they well, if true, they true, did true. if they did Ras score now, Doran Dickerson would break it. He would be he would be it would be eleven out of ten. <laughs> eleven, we had to raise it to eleven.
2: <laughs> yeah, can I? Can I wait? Can we do one more stack before we move on? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Rams. I think the Rams are actually, and I haven't brought myself to draft Allen Robinson, and I've only done Van Jefferson a couple of times. But Allen Robinson, there's, I just checked.
3: There's fa- there's fan fiction out there about him getting traded. Just
2: well, that would be the only way that he is not on the team because they can't cut him his dead no, cap no. exceeds uh, his cap hit. So there's no, it's by, and by like $8 million. It's like a $26 fuck, fuck million. Dollar, yeah. <laughs> over $26 million in dead cap this season. They're stuck with him. You've got uh, Cooper Cup going at the very top of draft still. So, so drafters, you know, clearly aren't all that concerned about a bounce back for him specifically, but then Stafford is pretty cheap. And then, and also in kind of a range where, you know, there's like starting to be job concerns or like, or late season, are you actually the starter by this point? Type of concerns with some of the quarterback. I don't have any of those with Stafford. Plus, there's the potential he bounces back after, you know, dealing with that injury last year. Um, and, you well, know, very, even isn't, if you look at his isn't last there an seasons, argument?
3: isn't there an argument to be made that actually the Rams are probably going to be much better simply if Allen Robinson is not eating up 80% of the snaps and Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell are playing instead?
2: Well, yeah, I mean that would be that's that's kind of partly why I haven't drafted Robinson because he's just been so bad. Maybe it's like kind of drafting Kenny Galladay or something. Like he might just not be out there despite. Yeah, the I mean this
3: is the this is the you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call anyone out specifically, but every year there's basically veteran wide receiver making decent money who. There's some this is the, he, the A.J.
1: Grand pick from uh, 2021.
3: Basically. This is the Kenny Galladay, Brashad Perryman thing where you look at an offense and you go, I think this offense is going to be all right. And some, they got to throw the ball to someone, but it can't make Kenny Galladay come back from the crypt. It can't make Allen Robinson. Like Allen Robinson last year, like literally could not generate separation. He was, he was lowest in the league at generating separation per target. And I don't think that's going to get better getting another year older.
2: Yeah, no, I don't either. But he's his ADP is 197. And so I at least like once you get down there, he's under contract. So it's like you could draft him. And Van Jefferson's even later. He's he's 212. And if you want to go 2 2, he's 239.
3: I was going to so, say, I would I would so much rather have 2 2 at well. Yeah. I'd so probably say
2: Van or 2 Yeah.
1: But yeah. I agree with you. The, the Rams, the Rams are like, I think there's this Rams hangover just because of how much last year was a shit show. But like if you look at all Super Bowls and stuff, like. They're projected to be like a fringe playoff team. Like this team shouldn't be this cheap. I don't I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Well, so and
3: they, they they do play in the NFC where everyone is kind of mediocre. So that's that's pretty big for them too.
2: If you look yeah. at success rate over the last two seasons, including the playoffs, uh Patrick Mahomes is first, Josh Allen is second, and Matthew Stafford is third. So even with last season included, you know, just a reminder that he was quite good in his first season with the Rams. And maybe last year was, you know, due to this injury that he had.
1: So yeah.
3: led, led the yeah. league in picks, won the Super Bowl. Easy
1: yeah, is, is there like legit retirement risk with him? I feel like I hear that thrown I, around. I think we
3: it, pa- I think we passed, I think we passed it. it. I, I think, think there was it. there was like there okay. was like a week where he was like, you know, I really need to consider my future. I would assume that probably part of McVeigh saying I'm coming back was him yeah. sitting down with Stafford and being like, look, are we gonna do this or not?
1: Yeah, I buy that. I think yeah. If you take if you take cup, I'm taking Stafford. Like I don't even care. 20 picks out of ADP probably just to make sure I get him at this point. He, he's so super. Same
3: cheap. same thing. I think you are 100 percent correct, Sam. And I think the other guy you do that with is is Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins because their spike weeks are going to be one to like literally one to, yeah, one. It'll one, be, to one. Yeah, one to one. Like yeah. every there there will be no Justin Jefferson. Uh, no Jefferson. Jefferson spike weeks where he doesn't bring Kirk, and certainly no Kirk spike weeks where Jefferson is not brought. Well,
2: back. I guess Hawkinson yeah. could could drag Kirk along for one. Maybe Are we, is this
3: it's year possible. is this year nine of of T.J. Hawkinson in the sixth round?
2: It's year nine of T.J. Hawkinson priced about twelve picks earlier than I want to take him.
3: Yeah, where's where's Dalton Schultz go right now? Think around pick a
2: hundred. Um, okay. Dalton That'll Schultz uh, currently not doesn't have a team and probably won't play for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz he goes correct? around pick. 107. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, so that's that's big on Cowboys Twitter right now. But, but they're so, and, and what everyone's arguing about themselves with is is Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, are they ready to become the new Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz from two years ago? Or do we need to bring in a one year Gerald Everett, you know, just like Hayden type Hurst. guy? Hayden yeah. Hurt, Sure. Yeah. Same. Do we, do we, do we need one year of, a twenty nine year old who can be a professional.
2: And draft someone in one of the deepest tight end classes in a while.
3: Thomas Yasmin. Thomas Yasman is is for sure a jerry pick. Just uh you you show him you show him his just bombs productions uh, you know, minute 13 of touchdown. <laughs> it's gonna and... be
2: pretty short. Just bombs. It's gonna be <laughs> minute just 13. How are you getting to 13 minutes? Like seven, angles
3: so one, one, one minute 13 seconds. <laughs> Rap ain't oh,
2: gonna oh, get oh. my ass a scholarship. And then just <laughs> two seconds after that.
3: <laughs> do we think, does the just bombs guy like what do we think he makes? He, whatever he makes, he should make more.
2: He should make more. I actually, yeah. I've been watching, uh, like sick edits and stuff more. Cause the just bombs, I think he's, he's getting them out slower, but like, God, I've been missing. I want more just bombs. I, you know, I don't know if he's gotten busier or what, but I haven't been, I haven't <laughs> been watching as much of them this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: it, they're, they're integral to my process.
2: Uh, they are. They're a huge part of my process. I absolutely love just bombs productions. All right, let's, let's move on. Um, let's wrap this up with a
1: little talk on, on rookies, uh, we we've talked about the the top guys a lot. Uh, I'm curious, like you guys have been deeper in the prospect stuff than I have. Like, it feels like after, um, I guess maybe Booty is where you draw the line of like the last sort of relevant wide receiver prospect. Like, nobody's talking about any of these other guys, Rashie Rice, Cedric Tillman, Mims, etc. Like, from that tier, like our drafters right? That that's just like completely flat and everyone's just, like, guessing, like, what the fuck do we do with those guys? Or, like, is there someone in there that you're excited about if they were to get, you know, day two, you know, draft capital? Tank,
3: tank Dell. If Tank, if tank Dell gets drafted in the second round, wheels up for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm all in. I mean, that, it's, sort of like, it's sort of like when the Eagles took Devonta Smith at 12, they're saying, like, we don't give a shit that he weighs 178 pounds. Hmm. Same deal. Same deal for – now, obviously, like – Dell is, is, I would also say he's like sturdier than the other guy you think of being that small, which is Tutu. I mean, he's bigger than that. Um, Mm -hmm. and even like, look, even Tutu, you we, we've laughed so much about like this guy is like literally going to die playing a football game, but he, he was like starting NFL games for like a month last year, which is like more than some people thought he was ever going to be. He looks kind of good
2: too. Like, I mean, it turns out
3: being fast and really agile is like very helpful for playing football.
2: Yeah, he was also he was he was awesome as a college prospect. So, uh, tutu, I mean, yeah, I, I like that one. I don't. Uh, there's no one who really jumps out to me. I feel like the, the like where I'm sitting with these guys is that I'm I would love to see like some buzz, some bigger buzz post combine and like landing spots and stuff. Like when I get down in that that range, it's like it really, really feels like guessing. Where yeah, it does at the running back position it doesn't as much. I mean, I know I am still guessing, but I'm like, I can kind of just see like Kendra Miller or Deuce Vaughn or-
3: um, Well, running back, you, it, you we just know it's guessing because it's just going to depend on where, what team they go to, right? There's no- But there's it's, more, like, chaos,
2: it's there's more chaos at the position. So like, I feel like I've, I've got a clearer path it upside have to is play maybe play. higher sure, sure. Yeah.
3: like like we have to decide if if cedric tillman or xavier Hudson or nathan dell is any good it does like we don't have to make the decision on is zach charbonnet any good it's just like does he get drafted by a team or two injuries yeah. get him in the, in the game
2: and i guess the thing like if if those guys if the wide receivers aren't good then they're probably like seth williams you know or they, they just like disappear off the face of the earth where yeah. if the running backs aren't good that might not even matter. Like I it, didn't think Brian Robinson was very good, you know. And he's... I,
3: I got a, I got a question for you. Is is Zach Charbonnet a converted linebacker?
2: Because oh, that's boy.
3: that's sort of that's sort of your deal, right? It's like you love that is kind of love... my deal.
2: I'm I'm in on the converted linebackers, but you yeah. see, you you're in on the converted cornerbacks who play wide receiver as as Mikkel Hardman.
3: Oh so yeah, that then... the, to me to me that's actually to me if you think about it logically, it's actually a great sign because your coach saw how fast that's you were. Sad. He saw, he saw fast. What happened with then? Hardman was on his way to a top 30 wide receiver season this last year. Actually, if you want to, if you really want to, if you really want to, he kind of
1: was honestly,
3: the, the, the last thing I want to say real quick at wide receiver is, is also that Parker Washington is just COVID is making all this class so weird, but Parker Washington is, is one of these guys who is making a huge bet on himself as a young guy. A lot of these guys are fourth or even fifth year guys, but Parker Washington is is a legit junior, you know, non non redshirt. So I think he seems good.
2: He actually pops yeah. a little bit in my stuff, but his his draft position that I have, I have him as like an early day four guy right now. Early day three guy, not day four, early yeah. day three guy, early round four guy. Um that would be someone or if he starts to move up NFL boards, I, I would I would be pretty excited about too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and again, I should have probably introduced this chart a little bit more. This is showing like the players ranking from NFL mock draft database, which just aggregates a ton of mock drafts and big boards and averages it. Um, So that's where we're getting uh, sort of the the x-axis data here. Um, But yeah, it it just it kind of drops off a cliff at a certain point. Tyler Scott is another guy that I've like, it seems like his Twitter buzz is like higher than what NFL mock draft database says like i've heard people say oh he could be like a surprise second round pick but um just like the data of averaging mock drafts like doesn't really uh reflect that at all so um i guess he's a guy to monitor if, if individual scouts seem to be really high on him but um not not popping the data let's go to running back uh here again, showing the same data. Um, underdog ADP on the y axis, consensus big board ranking here on the x axis. Um, yeah, I, I think the running back like ADP stuff is like a little bit interesting. Like, people seem to be kind of taking leaps with guys like Sean Tucker, Roshan Johnson, Ty J Spears, uh, um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but Shanae. yeah, uh, yeah uh, but he, he actually shows up as uh, a little undervalued on this chart. But my point being is like the ADP doesn't really reflect the, the draft cap projected draft capital, which I think is fine. It's still really early. Like that stuff can shift a lot. But I think there's some like arbitrage plays that that pop out here a little bit. Uh, like, for instance, like Charbonnet and Ashane they're pretty close in the consensus big board rankings. They're only like 10 spots apart. But you can get a Shane like fifty or Ashenay fifty picks later than Charbonnet. Um, So I mean,
3: Ashenay's range of outcomes is so much better in the NFL because if he if he's really as fast as as he like people are projecting him to be, some team's gonna fall in love with him.
2: I call that portion of the draft the French Quarter.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. All I I got two big running back takes right now before the combine. One, I just need one head coach to get in a meeting with Deuce Vaughn and be like, "I I love you and I want to make this." Work. You're the next. Like, I want Sprouls. that too,
2: man. Get, let's yeah. let's have that happen. You're the next Darren Sproles. Music to my and,
3: ears. and the other thing is that Roshan Johnson. This is actually crazy when you think about it. Roshan Johnson was so good at pass blocking and catching passes and being on the field on third downs that he took Bijan Robinson, a Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott level of running back prospect off the field for a team that was trying to win games. That it's pretty nuts to think about that. Like I that to me yeah. that says like he he seems good and at, it, he's a converted quarterback. I Hmm. love these guys who change positions. So it would actually, it would actually make sense why he would be good at understanding that why he would get the pass protections and be good at pass blocking and shit like that.
2: That is, Mm -hmm. that's really interesting. So he's a guy I felt a little caught out on where I didn't really have that much of him. And I was looking at some, I was putting comps together for all the running backs, statistical comps and Damian Pierce pops up, you know, and like some of these other guys who didn't play a lot of college for
3: whatever reason, just didn't play a ton.
2: Yeah, but like their numbers actually look pretty good on a per game basis, and so I've been feeling like, man, Johnson at this price, maybe it's like slightly under or overpriced relative to his expected draft position, but he seems like a guy who could have a really good combine performance and move way yeah. up. In he, terms he, was of draft capital. he was recruited.
3: He was recruited to Florida, Ohio State, and Oklahoma as a quarterback. Like he, like he's he's like a sick athlete type guy. I think.
2: Okay, so i I would be betting on the guys who you think right now are like if you're drafting today, why wouldn't you be drafting the guys who you think are going to crush the combine? Uh, yeah. So yeah. he he's a he's a prime one. Um, McIntosh or Mick, how do you say the guy from Georgia, Kenny McIntosh? Um, I think McIntosh. I'm not sure. McIntosh. So he he's interesting because a similar type of committee back type of profile, but his yards per route run was elite, and the guys that come up for him. Uh, are the Alabama backs like Ken Kenyon Drake like these dudes who didn't do a ton but then they flashed in yards per hour run. and Kenyon Drake hasn't been a great receiving back but he's explosive and it's I think the it's kind of pointing to the fact of like this guy's got probably more than you would expect um, and he's sort of interesting I think is like a similar bet to Johnson where it's like big time program didn't play as much as we'd like but has flashed some stuff on a per touch basis or per route basis in Macintosh's case. Um, so he's another dude where I think, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a good combine, maybe impresses people. He, he flashed some explosion. Yeah. It seems like in general, these, these
1: late running backs, there's some opportunities for, for big wins based on landing spotters getting drafted higher than we expect. Whereas for the wide receivers. Yeah. I, I don't know. You guys are just getting me a lot more excited about the, the late running backs and the late wide receivers in this class. The,
3: I, I weirdly feel more jazzed about the guys I expect to go on day 3 than the guys I do on day 2. Like I'm I could just see you, J- yeah. I could just see Josh Downs being fancy Deami Brown, like get excited about him and he like literally never matters.
2: Well, yeah. how 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 much does he weigh? Cuz I've seen him in like the 170s and that's pretty concerning.
3: I mean, it's like these these weights that are out there like you google Jalen Hyatt, it's like the the internet will tell me that Bryce Young is is six one two hundred pounds. Like when no, but the eyes, weight
2: the weight the internet's telling me is that Josh Downs is one hundred seventy four pounds. Right, like, no, what, that's, he, what, what I'm saying like? is
3: what I'm saying is that like it's like I just it, I'm wait I can I I'm gonna be patient enough to wait twenty four hours before I start yeah. going crazy on these weight takes. Like yeah. if I learn tomorrow that Deuce Vaughn has had two months to get ready for this and was only able to get up to one seventy nine, I'm gonna be like, well. He just doesn't want to work hard enough to be an NFL running yeah, back, basically. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, we will by this time next week we will have all that combine data on on running backs and wide receivers, so that's going to be interesting to discuss. See, I think we'll see a lot of shifts uh, in in the rookie ADP after the combine as people react to that. But spread it
2: out, spread it out. Yeah, like don't don't like go all in right now on one rookie because I think there's lots of these guys that look. Interesting, but their profiles are – they've got holes. All these guys have holes in their profiles, but I think a lot of guys have enough to where you're like, if there's if there's suddenly draft buzz on this guy, they, they look really interesting. So I would just – there's a big bucket of guys I'd spread it out on in those rounds. Yeah. All right,
1: Pat. I know you got to run. We'll, we're trying to close the the show each week with everyone listing their their favorite value on on underdog. So, do you have a name for us? Uh, maybe someone we haven't discussed yet, or, or it could be someone we have talked about that um, you have really high exposure to right well, now. Well, why don't
2: you let Davis go first? Because I don't want to. I'm actually worried I might snipe him. All right, Davis. What are you What are you thinking?
1: Favorite value I mean, right now on underdog?
3: I have not been. I have not been grinding these. That hard, but mm-hmm. the the category of guys that feel the most undervalued to me are all the boring quarterbacks that we talked about. You know, the I mean, if for anywhere from Derek Carr to Baker Mayfield, who's going like undraft Carson Wentz. Like, you know, when I brought up Carson Wentz earlier, you guys like audibly were like, "Ugh!" But like, cart like the true. I was right now, right now the quarterback market is that you are you are getting destroyed paying for certainty. You are paying so much for certainty and if you just embrace a little bit of the uncertainty. I'm I'm pretty confident that if you just really embrace the uncertainty with these quarterbacks, you'd have really good advance rate teams and also probably unique finals teams as well, hmm. my guess hmm. would be.
1: So, I'm I'm tracking these. You want me to put you down for Carson Wentz as your favorite? Put, put me um, no. <laughs> no.
3: Put me put me down, put me down for Baker Mayfield with your last pick in a 20 round draft. All right.
2: I'm, I'm also like going it. dumpster diving. Um I'm going to go with CEH. Oh, this is no. why I was worried I might snipe Davis. Clyde edwards elaire got him in the nineteenth round today, nineteen eleven today. I got Clyde edwards elaire a running back under contract with the Kansas the, City Chiefs. The Chief. Chiefs
3: are the Chiefs are so screwed money wise that they can't really afford to cut a guy on that kind of controlled labor. Yeah. So you're, you're right.
2: Controlled fourth. It's a fourth year of his rookie deal. They obviously aren't picking up his his fifth year contract clearly, but or I don't know. They already not. However, he's this is last year on the team is my point. But Jarek McKinnon a free agent once again they took forever to re-sign him. Uh Ronald Jones was a was a healthy scratch all last year, so I I mean I think CH is probably the number 2 back and he's going to have passing down work and if they don't bring McKinnon back and even if they bring McKinnon back, I think at a 19th round value like they you know, he'll he'll score some touchdowns and stuff, he'll do the occasional thing. So I think you're actually getting a decent amount of upside with CEH. And a guy who we were drafting in like the eighth round, last seventh, eighth round last year, is, have, he's still yeah. going to be there. Also, Do you have any uh, like that. hopium narratives with him? I know last offseason it was that
1: he like lost 60 pounds, like because he was sick or something and yeah that was what why what was so horrible
2: uh, health condition did he <laughs> yeah. suffer from in 2022
1: well did i mean he... he
3: was out he was out for like three scurvy? months What was he was, it, out for, he was out for like three months and somehow we're gonna find that he was like fighting for his life that entire yeah,
2: time what, what happened
3: uh, i i, I had no idea all yeah. right i'm gonna go slightly less well, gross
2: uh, or wait, I, sorry me, me, I, i'm CH, very God. biased against i'm very biased against ch i think he stinks so it, it is one of those things where if i'm drafting a guy like that i'm like he must be wildly underpriced if i'm drafting him that's one of the, yeah. the gut check things i use it's like the Ertz uh thing from from last year or yeah. whatever yeah. exactly
1: i'll go slightly less gross i'll go uh elijah mitchell pick 136 right now um it just strikes me as like 30 or so spots too low. I think like even with McCaffrey there, we've seen that Mitchell has a role in the offense. And uh, I think he will give you some usable weeks, even when McCaffrey is is healthy. And he's just the ultimate like contingent bet. Uh, if McCaffrey were to go down. Um, yeah. I, I just don't get like, why would you take AJ Dillon 30 picks ahead of Elijah Mitchell? It, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell's my favorite guy uh, in that range right now. I like him a lot. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be tracking tracking these takes over the offseason. I'll, I'll do something fun with them, um, see, see which of our takes are getting close line, closing line value uh, versus not. So that'll be fun to track. To-
3: Lock to get CLV. Lock to get CLV, guaranteed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I'm getting CLV with CH in the 19th. I feel good about that.
3: What's the highest yeah. pick Clyde over to will get drafted with on underdog in the entirety of the offseason?
2: I mean, to your point, probably like the thirteenth round. So, you where know, where
3: where, Ro- where where Rojo was going yeah, where, last year? Where
2: Rojo was going last year? Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. possible.
3: They'll probably bring Rojo back. By the way, I know he was complain he complained and wanted to get cut midseason, but he probably enjoyed winning a Super Bowl again.
2: God, if, Ro- if Rojo finally breaks out in year two at the Chiefs, it'd be so sweet.
3: Well, year six, right? It's your year six oh, yeah. breakout for Ronald? His
2: career, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he had a pretty nice 2020. He had a nice little 2020 there. It sure. takes a
1: while for players changing teams, you know, uh, to get a
2: costume. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he needs to get the playbook down.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, let's, uh, let's shut things down here. That was a lot of fun, guys. Um, we will be back most Fridays throughout the offseason. Um, Giving our takes on the ADP movement. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff will change. Obviously, with the draft, uh, the combine coming up should be a fun couple weeks to to monitor player values. Um, but yeah, um, anything you guys have going on that you want to plug before we uh, shut things down here?
3: No, no plugs. Okay. Good, good
1: no stuff. Plugs. All right, sounds good, guys. We will see you next week.